This is Blood Hopper from the Lovely Creation, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Phantasm. This is the us from Cut Up. What's up, motherfuckers? This is Brian from Vital Remain. Which is Lee from Monstrosity. Hey, Orgasm. Mike Smith from Suffocation. Hey, this is Sean Clark from Horace Hollow Crown. This is Dallas and Al, and you're listening to Phantasm Podcast. This is Dr. Ross Sewage from Exhumed and Impaled, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Phantasm. What the fuck is up, and welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. I am Corey Gore Christ, with me, Dr. Vincent West. And, uh, we got a very very special episode for you guys uh, today, and uh, Doctor, tell them a little bit about what's going on here. We're watching the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, and we got... 1974. And we got a uh, fantastic guest for you guys as well. Oh yeah. Uh, this is definitely not a, uh, a, you know, an accident that these two are paired up together. This is, uh, you know, a very... I think we should we should just do the actual intro of this on here, actually. Why not? Play the whole damn thing for you guys listening at home or watching at home. John Larroquette. In particular, Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young. But had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. John Larroquette, uh, he was on a show called Night Court, which I loved. <coughs> he played a character called Dan Fielding. He was also in Star Trek Three. So yeah, there's your Star Trek <clears throat> ties right there. Uh, Who's on something else we watched? Um, he's on They Live, isn't he? No. Who's on something we watched on here? Yes, you he pointed was, him out. I don't, I don't remember. remember. I don't remember what the fuck it was. Mm. We've watched too much stuff. <laughs> uh, our guest. Uh, hopefully, you'll stay around after Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, that's we got. That's the main attraction. Man. Yeah, the 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 payday for you. Uh, we have Brett Hoffman from Malevolent Creation. Fucking awesome interview. Uh, One of the best we've done. I mean, that's that's top shelf death metal. Goddamn Malevolent Creation is, uh, you know, they don't get enough credit for how much they influence death metal. And uh, I think they're they're you know. still to this day. If you guys haven't heard Dead Man's Path, you know their 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 latest record. Then I mean, dude. Go fucking pick up. That's one of the best records that Invidious is great. All, yeah. all the all of their stuff's great. It's one of the you best know, records to come out and, and Retribution's one of the best death metal albums ever made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all their stuff's good. I like all of it. Uh, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Lots of good stuff. Uh, Envenomed is Brett's great, favorite album. It's great which is record. Really weird, but uh, it's a nasty. Record. Really like that record. But yeah, so stick around for that. And now we are at the uh, the cemetery. Which interesting thing about this film? This film is shot all over Texas. It isn't shot in one location. Uh, and this a guest we had on uh, earlier, uh, Sean Clark, he can tell you all about this. You about the 
40th anniversary edition. The uh, yep. Horace Hall of Ground that he did for this is very insightful and very specific. I, can, I can't even sit here and tell you uh, how much I learned from watching. Uh, and for you guys listening at home, uh, if you are watching it, the version we are watching is the 40th anniversary collector's edition from Gorgon Video, uh, Dark, Dark Sky, Sky Films, films yeah. and uh, it's very cool. You know, half of it's Blu-ray, the other half is DVD, so you get all the features. Either one you play, you've got all of it in there. Um, for you, Sean Clark fans, there is a Horrors Hollow Grounds. Very awesome on this. Like um, I said, I learned a ton about this movie that I didn't know. And actually, it's cool we're doing this because recently they said that they were turning that uh, gas station into a like a tourist attraction from the film. Um, That's from part two. Or the um, what is it? The thing from this that they're turning into something. A fun thing to talk to you guys about, real quick. We've talked about this a couple times. There is an episode where we did Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. I actually want Corey to put it up. It's actually pretty funny. I I go I go bananas, and he's upset. I don't know why we were so mad, but we recorded. We did the whole goddamn film. I think. Uh, we the, did the whole fucking film. The funniest film. part about it was... Didn't we do the whole fucking film? We did do the whole film. The, the main reason we did it, we had a guest that we were supposed to have on later on, and that interview went to shit also after we did that, and we plugged him in, so the whole thing was pretty much a waste. It, you know, We need to put uh, it up at some point, because it's... Uh, although I don't want to put the interview on it. I do. I mean, I'd, I'd put it up and just fuck it up. You want to put know. the whole thing on there? I might as well, because it's, it's all in there. We keep plugging it, and then when we did the interview later, I guess... It was a precursor to that interview going to shit because we had no idea. We were we were both worked up and we had <laughs> we were watching the movie the whole time and we were just like pissed off and uh, you know and that armadillo thing I don't remember if they said that was a real armadillo or not. I think it actually was and they like ran over and shot it while it was sitting there. I think Sean talked about that. Um, yeah, like I said, I mean he's he's very pre versed on this movie. I'm a fan of this film, but. As far as you know, I can't tell you where they stopped and took a piss or took a dump. And I'm not that. I can't. I can talk to you all day long about this film and how much I love it, but I'm not that specific. That for that you need to go visit Mister Mister Clark and his Horace Hollow Grounds episode for this. But I will be happy to tell you what I do know, which is quite a bit. Um, scary thing: most of this cast, as we're recording this right now, are dead. Yeah, most of this cast are dead. So you're not going to uh, see a uh, convention reunion for any of these guys. Uh, the hitch- I, I'm not fucking mistaken. Damn near everybody except Grandpa is dead. Uh, Steve Rouseback is alive. The hitchhiker. No shit. He does conventions all the time. Yeah, well, he's that's cool. He's a really my first convention. That's I ever, why he is alive. First convention I ever went to, I met him and I met uh, David Naughton from American Werewolf in London, and Grandpa was there too. Uh, John Duggan. He Did was you meet us. him? Yeah. Was really he nice? Cool. Really cool. Um. And John's going to be at a thing here in Florida. Yeah. Uh, and R.A. Mellenhoff, which is from the third Texas Chainsaw, super nice guy, whether you like the film or not. I think it's certainly a, a better sequel than, uh, you know, 2 or that, that beginning, whatever the fuck that one is, the ne- the new generation, whatever that film is. Um, That's the worst one. film's awful. That's that Matthew McConaughey, Renee Zellweger one. Everybody knows how bad that one is. It's one of the worst movies ever made. Um not even purposely, it just is. Um, 
and a lot of this wasn't even uh, going back to the the original film here. Uh, the actors got put, you know, infamously got put through the worst fucking conditions known to man to make this film happen. Uh, just grueling fucking heat and bugs and and no sleep and you know, these guys literally poured their heart and soul into making this movie happen. And really, it's still to this day one of the scariest movies ever made like it actually is it, it makes you not want to go out into the country and get broken down and that's you know movies have of course repeated this model time and time again but this one is still you know the mamma jamma this is the titan right here and this this film is fucking death metal to a T the, like, everything about it is goddamn death metal when, the, when it starts it makes it seem very very real there's some fucking hard nips right there for you uh little mini segment for Mr. Skinless here. You got uh, seven minutes, and eh, I'll say it was like 36 seconds. You got some, some nip-ons there, so for you perverts out there, you're welcome. Mr. Skinless always delivers your perverted needs for these horror films. And uh, I always thought the wheelchair guy was annoying. I always wanted him to just die anyway. So He is annoying. I always love when the wheelchair people die. Uh, He's fucking annoying in this film. He, he like really in the is. one of the Jason films, it's one of my favorite deaths. And part I can, two. It is part two where he it's got a hatchet to the head and then he falls. Da- he flies down the fucking stairs backwards, backwards in yep. the rain. It's like get fucked, you fucking. He <laughs> welfare piece of shit. He really is. He's in this film, and he's, he's just like, hey, I need your help. But he gets stuck in the house. He's people leave him there. Really it's annoying. Funny. I think it's funny, but you know, this film is fucking death metal. It's Starts out basically real, and, uh, you know, for a while everyone thought this was real. There was a big controversy with it. They thought, you know, um, this this, this was film was actually shown. That I want to, if people don't know about this, this is most interesting thing I think about this film is this film was actually shown in porn theaters. Yeah. You know, fuck Grindhouse. This was shown in a fucking like porn. Like whack off theaters. It yeah. really was because nobody. No theater would have anything to fucking do with it. And I'll tell you another thing. Because this was 74, you know. This was another like interesting thing about this film is this film uh, was also, it made, it was it was distributed and made tons and tons of money for the mob. Weird. The mafia. Because uh, they would show it in their. No, they, they, they literally helped them distribute this film. There's a lot of controversy over this, which Toby huh. Hooper denies, but there was a lot of uh, the the mafia, no, no bullshit, the New York and Chicago mob were involved in the distribution of this film like, because it was handled like a porno. Yeah. It was literally distributed and handled throughout America it's basically, in 74, uh, 75, 76, 76, because this movie played in theaters for years. It's basically this a... This is all before video cassette, so, yeah. you know. It's basically a snuff film, you know. Correct. But it wasn't. It's, it's not real, it's but not, it's, it was It was handled like a porno. It was yeah. ha- it's distribution and and uh, screening. Because in seventy four, you know, they weren't ready for this shit. I mean, I no. think people still to this day aren't ready to watch this movie. No, I mean, no. uh, and and actually, going back to our last episode, this is our second Toby Hooper film in a row, which is awesome. But it's cool you do Funhouse, which is a pretty decent horror movie, and then you go to one of the best horror films ever made. And honestly, like I said about it, it's 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 fucking death metal. You know, it's perfect. Um, it's just a really nasty film, and of course, here's the, the hitchhiker right here. This movie was released on October first, nineteen seventy-four. It's fucking great, and 
and from Dark Sky Films or uh, you know Gorgon Video that put out I think that Gorgon just put out that giant box set with the the Black Mama or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Now do um, what? Said so is that what the Gorgon just put out that that truck version of this? No, they put this out. It is that one. Gorgon and, and them are in bed together. The Dark Sky Films. Yes. Um. You know the print. But you can get that for fifty bucks right now. I'm about to buy it. Yeah, it was a hundred when it came out. The, the Black Mama edition or whichever. Actually, it was one, 130. It's the giant truck version of this. Uh, you know, I like the uh, the fourth anniversary one. It looks really nice. Uh, they did a good job with it. This film also, I want to go on record as saying to me, this is the first slasher film. It is. Uh, Way Psycho, Psycho gets credit for it. I, I, I'm still going to go back to this. Well, that's the thing. Psycho's this... still artsy. This, there's nothing artsy about this. No, this is it just comes raw. out artsy the way he shot it because it was an independent film. Well, this is just raw. This is a raw. This it's is raw unique. meat right here. But the funny thing about comparing this and Psycho when they came out is that they're both based around uh, Ed Gein. They were both inspired by the actual, you know. Plainsfield Ghoul or whatever, you know, Ed Gein and all his killings. So those were both inspired by him. And I think, you know, Psycho, of course, is a staple of horror, but it's also, you know... Uh, I want, I want I to say something real quick, because it's, it's making comparisons I don't want to fall asleep when I'm watching a horror film. I want to be excited. So. Sansa Lambs <coughs> and those movies suck. I was borrowed from Ed Gein also. Oh, they're talking about that night. Those movies suck. They're just boring. I, I don't understand why they're... Manhunter is cool. Like I like yeah, Manhunter's one, good, but I can't deal with the other one. Uh, Sons of the Lambs to me is nothing but a goddamn police drama. Yeah, it's, it's not a fucking horror. It, movie. It's good for what it is, but to get lumped into stuff like Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre, it's not even not even close. But uh, I would actually rather watch uh, the Ridley Scott one as opposed to Sons of the Lambs. I'd rather watch the Han- Hannibal. Hannibal. I think that's that actually, one's really good. That one actually is pretty good. Where he eats his brains at the end or whatever. Yeah. That one's pretty good. That's the one I remember the most. Uh, I think that's the one also where that police officer gets his that gets his face bitten off, and like one of the other ones, he comes back and he's right. like in a wheelchair, and he's really fucking. That that's actually unsettling. Some of the parts of that film, so uh, they get me in the in the stomach with that one. So yeah. You know, <clears throat> um, but I will say the 4K transfer. Of this looks great in most parts. Um, of course, it's a little spotty, but goddamn, it's from '74, and you know the print is pretty well taken care of from the uh, the looks of this. This movie was banned after a one-year theatrical run in London. Oh, London doesn't like anything. I'm surprised it was even there for a year. It was banned in Australia in June of '75. Yeah, Australia really doesn't like anything, but. <laughs> You know, they don't even like. You know, I'm tired of every fucking time I look something up. I don't know if you guys have this trouble at home. I'm tired of every goddamn time I look up a film on the internet. It's like Rotten Tomatoes likes this film. I just want to say this too. If we ever have anybody listening from that company, Rotten Tomatoes suck me. I've never seen any film that they give fresh tomatoes to were actually that good. Like <clears throat> a lot of people swear. You know what it is? It, why isn't it? Why isn't that fucking site just called Rotten IPA Beer Hipster dot com? <laughs> I don't know. They. That's just my opinion. People, be a real fan. Go watch the film. Don't listen to the internet because you know what? They're expecting everything to be a certain way. Uh, 
a lot of people come up to me all the time and they're like, "Hey, Rotten Tomatoes said this about it, so I don't. I'm on the here. Fence. It is. You know, Rotten Tomatoes reports an 88 percent of critics gave it a positive review. Well, that's good. Probably took them long enough, but but um, from now on, that, Rotten that Tomatoes is known on here as uh, IPA with a with a fucking gluten free breath <laughs> of bearded hipster. Because that's all that fucking website is. I wish they'd... Fu- I need to fucking have one of those hacker groups attack it. <laughs> that's what I want to do. That's what I want for Christmas. I want you to fucking hire one of those hacker groups that I hate to fucking attack Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? I'm tired of seeing their goddamn sticker on a Blu-ray when I buy it, too. Well, that's only been recently, too. It's like... It's really annoying. It's like, please come to our website. They're like, this this film... We need more gluten-free beer. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this film is fresh from Rotten Tomatoes. It's like, thanks, I don't need your sticker to tell me that. I can, I'm can. i buying it already. I don't need your stamp on it. Your stamp, I just don't need their opinion. Your stamp of approval when, you know, you know it doesn't... It's like know. Entertainment Weekly. It's like, yeah, I know what Entertainment Weekly is, and I use it for toilet paper. Or now it's ET Online says it's fantastic. I haven't seen that. Now it's ET Online. See, I don't... Even if it's, you know, it's on the back of this... Uh, Blu-ray we're watching. It's just like the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen from Rex Reed. Now, Rex Reed, I don't know who you are, but I don't care if it's the most horrifying film you've ever Rex seen. Rex Reed was a film hack. I'm, I'm glad that you love this film and you're praising it to the point of where it's on the back of the Blu-ray, but people aren't going to buy the 40th anniversary collector's edition of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because Rex Reed has a quote on the back of it. All right, so... Um, I know... I know you need that stuff on there, I guess, as a selling point, but I don't I don't buy films because some guy was paid to say that it was good or not, you know. Of course you're not gonna say I mean, but, but you're not gonna tomatoes things annoying. It's like anything I pick up, it could be a fucking Disney film and it's like rotten tomatoes says this is it's like I don't care what you and your fucking your fucking burnout beard fucking IPA Sam Adams summer ale drinking Fucking gluten free bean bean burger grilling dipshit <laughs> asshole friends think of this. Go to your mastodon show and stick a gun in your mouth. <coughs> I just don't care what you think about it. I grew up on this one, so I don't care. Or the <laughs> the hitchhiker just uh slashed, he did what I'm doing. He's pissed. <laughs> he slashed the cripple. Franklin. <laughs> yeah, Franklin. He's like, oh, and the whole rest of the film, he's like, oh, my arm's still hurt. If, if I ever remade this film, I would literally kill Franklin first. I'd stick a chainsaw through the chair yeah. while he's in it, and he's just going, <laughs> he cut him from the gooch up. I'm no, like, oh, I'd go man. rotten to his fat titties. Oh. <laughs> See, look, he's like, oh, my God, my arm, I'm crippled again. It's just like, dude, he just got slashed. He's with dead, a... too. Yeah. Again, I... You know, I'm about hard-pressed to tell you just about everybody in this film is toast. I mean, 74, I mean... Oh, oh, let's talk about this a second. I think this is valid for this argument, too. The 03 remake of this is a piece of dog shit. It's a Jerry Bruckheimer footlong. It's also a Platinum Dunes footlong, which is Michael Bay-owned, which is... Uh, I fucking the same, hate... The same people that I did... I fucking hate Same that people movie. that did Freddy vs. Jason... If I'm not mistaken. It's or, horrible. Or they did the remake of Jason, which they actually wrote. Everybody's like, oh, I'm Horrible. Horrible, horrible film. Here's the thing, though. This film doesn't need to be remade. 
you know, and it's pretty sad when you can remake it. I don't care if they sequel it, but remaking it, you know, and that guy that played fucking Leatherface, I literally want to tell a fun story. I was talking to Doug Bradley, and he was sitting to the other side of me, and I literally farted (laughs) near his table. He was also sitting there with that fucking, uh, that fucking dipshit that played Jason in fucking Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, uh, Ken Kurzinger. Yeah, see, this gas station right here, it just says barbecue. They're turning that into an actual barbecue place. Mm. And it's going to be a Texas Chainsaw-themed thing, you know? They're not going to forget about what it actually was, but... Yeah, they're turning this this little place into an actual restaurant. Like it's a, interesting. A horror-themed restaurant. They're keeping it real. Very interesting. Yeah, I think it's cool. And there's your boy right there. You got this Tardo fucking... That's, don't you love it when hobos try to fucking wash your goddamn windows? And then, then they put their hand out. They're like, eh, hey, what? Now, I'll tell you this. It was my unique and honored pleasure to have met the gentleman that is now on screen. The cook? Huge fan. Awesome, man. He's Huge so cool. fan. One of the only saving graces of part two I met, I is met the him. cook gets way more screen time in, in part two, and that's the best part of the I met time. him in Minneapolis, Minnesota, awesome. at Mall of America with Gunnar Hansen. Wow. Was it a Fangoria thing you went to? Or? Correct. Awesome. See, I wish that was... I feel like Fangoria now is just a Twitter account. This was in you know? 1992. I was two years old. <laughs> I'm not going to say how old I was, but <laughs> I was there. And I met him, and it was really cool. I met both of them. Uh, Toby was supposed to have been there and canceled. <clears throat> but I'll tell you, another, another actor that was there that year that was promoting a movie called Army of Darkness, I also met Bruce Campbell that Wow. The same thing. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. <clears throat> My oh, friend was living in Minneapolis at the time. We also went to a uh, uh, Minnesota North Stars game. Huh. Which was fun. It was the first year my Lightning were in the league. I got to watch them kick the shit out of the Minnesota North Stars. There you go. Although we weren't very good, but whatever. We won that game, and I got to meet them all in the same week. So Are they awesome. the Wild now, or did they Correct. Okay. Correct, yeah. I didn't know if they went somewhere else, and nope. they got a new team. Okay. We got some nice butt shots. That's a good direction. We got any hockey fans out there. NHL 17 comes out next Tuesday. I will be buying that. There you go. Uh, but anyway, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty awesome. Um, really nice. And I don't, know about, I don't know about everybody else. Actually, I think she's still alive. Uh, the girl in the red shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to talk about this for a second. As a kid, the girl in the red shorts, I'm not really sure what her name is. I'm drawing a blank right now. <clears throat> but I always, I always masturbated to her little butt. <laughs> her little cheap slut butt. Cheap slip, but her little her little tiny shorts, but <laughs> but I'm pretty sure she's still alive. Pretty sure she was alive two years ago. She may not be alive now. I'm pretty sure she's still alive as well. Uh, and if you guys don't know who she is, she's the one that gets the fucking meat hook. My favorite kill. There's so many women that I meet that I would like to put on a meat hook. <laughs> I would kill them. I just put them on the meat hook, and then later throw them in the freezer. Yeah. Because she gets the freezer treatment as And then well. you know what you do when you take them out of the freezer? You put them back on the meat hook again. Yeah. You Let just... them just squirm around there. I'd probably <laughs> fuck her while she's on the meat hook. Give her the double meat hook. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd fucking shove it up her butt while she's hanging from the meat hook. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, God damn. I'm such a little hoe I've got hook in me and a, and a dong in my butt. But yeah, Marilyn Burns unfortunately passed away. Uh, Corey's working on the name of the girl that I want to fuck that I think is still alive. Terry McMahon? It's Pam. Is that Pam? Yeah, I think she, that is she's, she's still alive. Yep. Hot. <clears throat> Never met her. <clears throat> and she's hideous looking now, but she's old. It's okay. But she's very hot in this movie, in my opinion. Uh, golf gas stations. You don't see those anymore. Uh, at least not in Florida. No golf gas stations for you. Anyway. This is fitting, too. I almost, I almost call this... Uh, uh, our farewell to summer episode doing this. It's going to be cold soon, which sucks. Yeah. For most of the country, not us. We're in Florida. We're good. But most people, it will be. And I want you guys to definitely take a minute while the van is driving out to the farmhouse. I want you guys to drive on over after this episode and check out our interview with the legendary Brett Hoffman of Malevolent Creation. Oh, yeah. Very insightful. I had no idea that he did his own lyrics on all those records. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. That's right. Nobody does that anymore. And if we've got any cannibal fans out there, uh, George Fisher is nothing but a prop. He does <laughs> not do any of his writing where I want to say that Brett Hoffman does. Brett Hoffman is the real fucking deal. He's not a prop. He's not a stage prop that gets up there and screams. Uh, he's And I have nothing against George Fisher, but I mean, the reality of the matter is he has no creative input or anything in that band. All he does is stand there and sing songs. And he's very good at that, but... I respect Brett more for uh, doing all his own lyrics uh, on all the stuff that he's that he's on. Any of those records you pick up, if Brett's singing on it, then he's done the lyrics on it, which is pretty fucking incredible. I had no idea until we did that interview that he was responsible for the lyrics on all those records. Oh yeah. And uh, anyway, we're approaching the farmhouse here. We're uh, I got the van stopping, and and Corey's favorite part of this film, of course, is is uh, anytime he gets to see Franklin roll around in his wheelchair. <laughs> because Corey hopes one day that he will be in a wheelchair and he can be like Franklin and roll around Texas in his wheelchair with death metal stickers on it. <laughs> and I won't have a, a vest anymore. I'll just have my patches sewn on the back of my wheelchair. And you can call him Franklin Gorecross. Mm-hmm. But but no, but anyway. but That's what people... So we're getting to this. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've never read this. This is just my... My opinion, uh, again, to me, there's no comparison. She's way hotter than Marilyn Burns. Yeah. Marilyn Burns is not attractive. She's not attractive when she got older. She's not attractive in this. And she's just got her giant pepperon- tits, pepperoni yeah. nips and yeah. everywhere. But Yeah, I'm not into it. Never was into it. She's cool, but I, I'm not into her. I don't For those of you that like pancake tits, and uh, Mr. Skinless says... And why is Franklin, Franklin eating a turd? Yeah, it looks like a cat poo. Because nobody cares about Frank. Actually, I think that's like actual wrapped raw sausage, which is disgusting. Ugh, it looks like a tongue, like a cow tongue. It's fucking gross. Anyway. He's gross anyway. He's a fucking... He is. Dude. This movie's fucking disgusting. He's a slob. <laughs> he's just a slob. <laughs> an immobile slob. <laughs> that's uh, me and the doctor's new band. We're called Immobile Slob. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to grind our way across the uh, southeast and uh, the north northeast midwest area. Uh, but no, but seriously, I here next you know, summer, the, guys. I always thought it was just weird that they're just cruising around and so I, I, I never, even as a kid, they're supposed they're on the way as to adults, a, not at their age. Am I just going to cruise around a fucking house? You're going to get stung in something like that. 
I mean, if we go around... An abandoned house, you're going to get stung or eaten or bit by something. If we're on our way to a concert, usually we, See, uh, we stop See? Stung, somewhere. eaten, or bitten. No thanks. Ugh. I oh, mean, those, those are daddy, daddy long, long legs. legs. They're not going to hurt Still, you. I've never seen that many of them. That would actually freak me out. If I saw a whole, like, nest of them, be like... When we go on our road trips, you know, we, we go to some weird places. Uh, we're we're going to go to... Actually, I want to share something with everybody. If I can take a minute here to do this. You're only going to have audio on this, but it's... I actually got the, uh, the names mixed up with the, the hitchhikers. Edwin Neal is the uh, hitchhiker in this film, who is also still alive. I don't know why I said Steve Rails back. He was in that Charles Manson movie, some other things he did. I think he's in Barbed Wire. Or do you want to actually use this for YouTube? We put it on YouTube, too. You can show them a brief little clip if you want. It's audio. <clears throat> Took a little road video on the way to our uh, Conjuring the Dead tour that we saw in Florida. It was um, Belfagor and Origin. Very awesome show. Uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, there's an interview involved with that that you guys will be looking forward to for next week. <clears throat> Just go ahead and tell you, we had Paul Ryan, the uh, founder of Origin, on the on the show very fucking cool dude. Uh, knows a lot about fucking death metal. Very insightful. Um, it was a good with, interview. With that scene and stuff. And he'll tell you about his... We tried to get the Belfort guys that there's a language barrier there and we just didn't do it. But anyway, but... There was some funny stuff though. A uh, bunch of drunk chicks came from the bar across the street and tried to pester Helmuth when he was trying to get on the bus and they asked what band he was in. He told them he was in... He was like, I'm in Slayer. And they were like, oh, yeah, really? Yeah, funny. Yeah, so he was... He was like, no. So... That was pretty cool. He was he was trying to be black metal Elvis. But. And here we go. This is what the hell? Oh, you want the dog in it? Dr. Yeah. Vincent Wedge, the head of podcast. The Sea Witch. Corey Gorprice is doing right now. What's up? You're on West Home Video. <laughs> Put this up later because I won't visually be in it. There he is. We're on our way to see Origin and Belphegor. This will never be uploaded. If we get shafted, if it gets uploaded, then we didn't get shafted. But uh, this is our first uploaded ACM. Was he flipping oh, me off? Oh. Unfortunately. But no, we've been really lucky, so. Anyway, we're coming to you live. It's, uh, it's September 2nd. And now, all the way I'm going to reveal something to you. Anyway, that's all we got there for you now, but. It's a minute and 39 seconds. It's not very long. I just played most of the goddamn thing, but anyway. And here's, uh, Franklin, who's going to get left here right by the stairs where he can't go because he's a damn cripple. But, <clears throat> that was us just being stupid anyway. But, oh, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun going to that show. Um, it's pick, not as much fun as they're going to have listening to Brett Hoffman at the end of this uh, podcast, Yeah, though. yeah. So guys, don't forget about that. Sit right in your wheelchairs and get ready, because... <laughs> uh, Do you want cool. that? You can actually put that on there if you want. I don't care. Yeah. Do something with put it. Put on the YouTube channel. It's silly. It's us just being dumb. Anyway, you guys heard a little bit of it. Most of it, actually. It's really short, actually. Yeah. It wasn't very long, but... There's, uh, but yeah, you couldn't pay me to go anywhere near this house. Uh, that's yeah, just my why. opinion. It looks like a hornet's yellow jackets rat. 
uh, infested snake pit. Cannibal infested also. Well, it is, but you don't know that. I'm just talking just in general. Like if they were like, hey, if this this stuff's not there anymore, by the way, we we should let y'all know that you watch the Horace Hall of Ground uh, thing. You'll you'll learn that. But just in common knowledge, most of the stuff is gone. But again, I would not be out anywhere near this stuff. The other thing, these these people like smoked a bunch of... What did they think there was going to be fucking water there? They smoked a bunch of pot, and then how did like a bunch of stoners get out and like, yeah, man, let's go over here. It looks chill. You know my other my other thing that always bothered me about this, and I, I forgive me for saying this, but all these actors, I bet, stunk. Oh, it was awful. The the heat was unbearable. It's got to just be, be. I bet her cooter smells like a fucking her fucking pussy smells like a fucking dirty outhouse toilet. <laughs> they probably they probably porked anyway. They're probably like, yeah, oh, I'm sure, fucking stanky puss. I mean, God, I, I I bet it just smells like a fucking, uh, oh, what's, uh, what was the, I had a really good one for it. I bet all of them just smelt like fucking, uh. Like Captain D's? No, well, I'm sure she smells like Captain D's. If he does, like there's a, a real fucking problem. It smells like a McDonald's fryer. But no, I bet, I bet it's like <laughs> fucking, uh, I'm, I'm fucking up my own joke. Uh, well, imagine how Gunnar Hansen smelled. I mean, he was a big dude, oh and he was in that fucking costume and the mask. Oh, but I bet, I bet, I bet. He probably I, smelled like a hot the girl, fart. The girl that gets on the meat hook, I bet she smells like fucking fucked buttholes. Oh, yeah, fucked buttholes, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be out wandering around this. I didn't do that as a kid. I would not walk through like, because you can get stung. Yeah. I mean, is that not just rotten well, you're getting also, stung? You're also walking on, you know, probably... No trespassing area, and you don't know who the. Fuck I know they're out there crawling around. Shit, you could. I mean, you imagine how many ticks you'd get. Yeah. Or what's the other things that get on your skin? Uh, uh, like fucking leeches or something. No, no, no. What am I trying to think? Uh, widgets. No, the uh, they, they get in your skin. Ew, it's know. a parasite. You don't know what I'm talking about. Something nasty. Plus, if I'm in Texas, I don't know what I'm going to freak crossed out here. I can find this There's out. There's goddamn rattlesnakes in there. Let's talk about that. You can get some fucking snakes biting your ass. Insect parasites. <laughs> Insect parasites. <laughs> David Cronenberg shows up on there. Right. According to UCIPM, some parasites attack insect eggs, such as the Trisulcus wasp and left laying eggs in a stink bug egg cluster. The Ooh. black tornier where Megan Wright is dark because a trichogram of wasp larva is developing inside. <laughs> Larva developing inside. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, and they're, they're walking by a place that has barbed wire around it. It's like, why the fuck are you going near this place? And of course, this now has turned into a restaurant, but I think they're. This house, they're going to actually restore it and make it an even a more of a themed restaurant because they turned this place just into a straight up restaurant. Like, it has no ties to the house other than people go out there to see the house and they're like, oh, it's a restaurant, let's eat here. But. They're supposed to turn the house into like an actual Texas Chainsaw Massacre themed restaurant versus it just being a restaurant on the location of the movie. So what am I trying to think? They're jiggers, trick that yeah, something like that. I know what you're talking. Nasty, about. and you know that shit's out there in that nasty shit. And there's a fucking tooth there. Just no, thank you. You know, just I can't do it. I mean, the cool thing about this film is just just with seeing like a bunch of bones and dead animals. Like this film is very disturbing. Just there hasn't really been any like Did too she much. Just get stung? No, he put that tooth in her hand and oh, made her fun. freak out. Oh, okay, which I wouldn't have even picked that shit up. But uh, he's about to get his one of the most 
infamous uh, scenes in all of horror is is right here. I mean, scared the hell. This scared the hell out of me as a kid. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, stop listening. <laughs> I mean, this this part. Your fucking awesome. Xbox is a pervert. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, what are y'all doing? <laughs> Do y'all want to fuck me? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you put Fuck some, my slit. I need something bigger than a fuck fucking, my Blu-ray than a slit. CD. <laughs> put, fuck my Blu-ray slit. Yeah. And again, this the print mostly through this so far is just looks fantastic. So great job. Yeah, this movie always looked like shit too. I don't know how they actually did this. This actually probably is at least a two K. Yeah, they say it's a four K digital transfer. It may be. Oh. It looks pretty good. Yeah. You gotta think this movie again. It's it'd be like restoring Deep Throat. Yeah. It's like and there we go. First shot of Leatherface. And he's just fucking twitching from the trauma. It's goddamn gory. Oh fuck! It's goddamn death metal right there. Like it is after that scene where you hear like the the whirring. It's like it's like you know. I mean that's and there's there's your butt shot doctor for you. I just think she's hot. I like the I like the bare back. I think that's nice too. It just looks like she's running around naked, but you know she's hot. She's the only attractive person in this film. I mean she's hot. Marilyn Burns is not attractive. No, she's just got the the uh, Italian BMTs going on. It's <laughs> pretty good. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the way that they they make this film, ter- you know, ter- uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? But just, yeah, you know, well, I mean, I want to talk just a just like, by like, throwing some actual bones around which stuff. Probably like says that. something about me, but where she's all sweaty and hot and walked in there when I was when I was young, I pulled out my 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 young briefs <laughs> and empty my sack to the scene. It was it was you know it was fun because she's fucking hot. Yeah. Well, whereas like Jamie Lee Curtis in the first Halloween, I never thought she was attractive. No, she Jamie like Lee she Curtis was... is hot in certain films, but like Trading Places, Trading places but she's yeah. not hot in now Halloween. She find, now she finds the uh... none of the actually the the only one I would fuck is Tommy Lee Wallace's wife, ex-wife. <laughs> The one that gets killed in the car. Yeah, yeah. I would totally fuck her. I always thought she was hot. And now, now we're in the room with all the bones and fucking feathers, and this part's just gross too. Imagine. I don't know. This is one of the few horror films where I actually put myself in the shoes of these fucking victims, where it makes me. He did. He was walking around in in cheap shorts that were creeping up his fucking ass. Yeah, like I I mean, I actually got and he he had a full costume. Yeah. And and fucking flip flops and I didn't have a bra. This was the seventies. I just had that little top on, you know. Oh right. Revealing my nice sweaty back. My hairy <laughs> sweaty back. <laughs> but no, but I mean I, I just think she's hot. There's something vulnerable and hot about her there. Although she looks filthy. I bet you probably get fucking like every disease known to man off her butt and cooter <laughs> and mouth. Looks like she sits on truckers or something at gas station. She is she looks like a truck stop whore. She's <laughs> kinda hot. <laughs> but anyway, that's I'll give I'll, I'll you all images you don't need at this at this scene. I pulled my BVDs down <laughs> and, and pleasured my fucking Canadian girth <laughs> until I fucking you pulled down your lost pantalones. Uh, uh, until, uh, yeah, until I un, until you took I, out your El Charo. <laughs> until, <laughs> I, 
until I fucking emptied my fucking young bag of <laughs> your <laughs> premature to, bag. to her to her yeah my 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 immature bag yeah. <laughs> that was wanting to be mature and emptied my fucking young sack into her butt. God, I wanted to. It's pretty good. You were like, damn, I wish I was those fat. I thought she was hot, man. I mean, she's fucking. This was hot, and like it. It doesn't surprise me that this was shown in porno theaters because I, I. It's all I'm waiting is on John Holmes to walk in there and fuck her face, dress as Leatherface. You know, <laughs> it doesn't happen. Of course, I would have loved it as a kid, but there he is. Like how now, watch here. This is how she loses both flip flops right there. Yeah. Boom. <coughs> Unfortunately, I can't get into my account anymore. If you guys have ever visited my Twitter page, it actually has that photo of her being kidnapped. Yep. And now we get to here we go the fucking my favorite scene of the too. favorite scene of the movie. Best scene of the movie. Meat hook sodomy. And the the best part is her little boyfriend's like laying there right in front of her. No, the best part of this whole thing is that little Dr. West was still pleasuring his Canadian girth during this. (laughs) And we get the first chainsaw right here. Instead of blood going in that bucket, my Canadian goo went in it. Got this thing cranked up. They're gonna be like, "There's chainsaw on here." You guys know what, of course, comes next. Decapitation right in front of her. This movie's amazing. You know what the great thing about this movie as a kid, I would swear up and down there was stuff that was in this that was never in it. Yeah, I've heard this from multiple people. I'm, I'm curious if you guys feel that way too, but. I'd always talk to people, and they're like, "No, that's in that movie," and I'm like, "No, that never happened." But they're like, "Yeah, it did." It's like, "No, it never happened." But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm gonna do something different today too that I've never done on podcast. I'm a huge Carolina Panthers fan, uh, and right now, while I'm on the phone with you guys, I'm gonna look up the odds against the first game of the year, the Super Bowl rematch against the cocksuckers in Denver. <laughs> Let's see. I don't know how I would look that up. Yeah, okay, I got it. Usually there, there's a, there's like that computer that they run it through every year for like games to see who's right. Actually, Cortana, which you probably have on your phone because you have an Android. <coughs> you can ask Cortana and she'll tell you the odds of football games like every week. So Usually her probability is pretty good too. It's like a 70 or 80% right, which is, I mean, that's pretty good. Um... I think there's actually like an octopus or something like that they use to. Are you serious? Yeah, like a real one, and they, <clears throat> and he could actually determine games, uh, like who's gonna win. But that's here we go. I've got, I've got it Super right Bowl. here. <clears throat> yeah, because people bet on that shit too much to not have odds, you know, like actual pro odds for who's <clears throat> gonna win. We're supposed to go watch the game. I think I'm going to pass on doing it because I don't want them to lose. I really want the Panthers to win this fucking game. Like it's like a big. But big here's game. the thing: what if they lose because you weren't there watching it? I never thought of it like that. But they need that. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm, if I've never mentioned this to anybody that listens to this, I'm the kiss of death. The kiss as, of death. It, it, as far as as far as luck goes, it's, I'm not. It doesn't usually ride on my side. But let's find out what the people at OddShark.com, while they're still exploring the Texas house, we're still there. 
Uh, they're there with Franklin, Franklin, and Franklin's always still there because and Sally are having a nice discussion about something <laughs> about a fart. That was Franklin's dialogue. Franklin's right gas. Yeah, because he's <laughs> he's talking about uh, the whole Mercury retrograde thing, which is apparently. How many real. hours does it take for this stupid saw to load? But he's wanting to get in uh, pancake titties, uh, titties. So I don't know. I just think he's annoying. He needs to go roll his way back to fucking Hardy's drive-through where he belongs. I don't know. It's nice when you actually hate somebody for no fucking reason in a movie and then watch them die. It's it's pretty exciting. Um, of course, it's all fictional, but it's nice. You know, they build up a character you just don't like, and. I have no real reason to not like Franklin. I guess because he's just whiny and he's annoying. Because if if I was them in the situation they're in, and we have to tend to this fucking dude in a wheelchair that's just like annoying and kind of half retarded, then I would just you know I would have to be a good Samaritan and fucking sit there with him. But goddamn, I would not want to be that person. I'd rather walk out and get killed by Leatherface than sit there by the van with fucking Franklin while my friends get killed off one by one. Because then I'm definitely obligated at that point to sit there with Franklin until I die. Because I can't just, like, run off and leave him there, you know. I just have to fucking wheel him into oncoming traffic. And, uh, hopefully there's an accident there that's not my fault. And, uh, let nature take care of it, you know. And now here's fucking Disco Inferno here is gonna <laughs> knock on the wrong door. He's gonna... Hey, all my other friends obviously went in here and didn't come out, so... Yeah, they're inviting you over for a free Sawyer family dinner. (laughs) You're just in time for dinner. I don't understand this, because I don't do sports betting. I'm looking at the spread and everything on them. I don't understand that. I see. You see it right there? I don't understand that. It's the first one. I guess it's 68% win for Carolina. That's not very good odds. You'd think it would be higher than that. But. Well, it's a little over half, you know. Scott's creeping on your young butt. Looking out the window, looking at your tiny rump. It needs a black dick. Anyway. Dr. West taking a moment to look at some of the scenery at the Gorecrost Estate. A college slut. She's out looking for the black cone. What do you use for this? Do you use browser? No, 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 here, hold on. Because if you hit always, that shit doesn't pop up anymore. No, I don't do always. I don't like. I like to. I use certain things for certain deals. Oh, okay. Wasn't sure. Thanks, but where are you going? Well, here's. uh, Who the fuck does he look like? He looks like a. He looks like somebody from the Partridge Family. Yeah. Either way, ugh. Going from hot to troll. He's seeing. uh, The meat hook that was uh, just in use. Now he's got the little little cooler here. He's like, my friends in there, I know they are. And there's somebody. Welcome to the white trash community. Boom! Fucking meat tenderized. A thousand bucks for fucking a real estate deal. So now we got some shit going on. She's listening to her iPhone 50. She's rocking out with her young college butt that needs a black cock. (laughs) 
I love the how, scenery at, at the Gorecross Estate today. I love how Leatherface. Uh, oh no, he's very he's very happy. <clears throat> if you guys didn't know, I'm a young, virile black man, always on the prowl for some white tang. He's got a. Um, let's see. He's frustrated. He's hanging out in his room. His matchbox cars aren't there, although his human remains are that he plays with. What are you still looking up? Odds? Yeah. I can't understand. I don't, I don't get it. There's your classic photo. It's one of his most taken photos from this screenshots from this film. Uh, it's just a close-up shot. Of course, the fu- fucking moon. Which means you're going to die. Damn. Uh, guys, again, don't forget to listen to, in my opinion, one of the best interviews we've done up there with the uh, Ross Sewage interview. Uh, we have Brett Hoffman, you vocalist, one of the founding members of Malevolent Creation uh, from Buffalo, New York, that moved to Florida. Uh, moved back Lauderdale, up to Buffalo. The Lauderdale area. And uh, huge fan of the band. Great interview. Uh, yeah, again, you know, Malevolent Creation doesn't get enough credit. Um, they're top shelf death metal. They're one of the titans of it. Um, you know, definitely pick up the latest record, Dead Man's Path, if you if you get a chance to. It's a fucking great album. Um, some of those tracks even are like they're new classics. If that makes any sense to you, so if you're one of those people. Um, <clears throat> Also, uh, if you guys were a fan of my little playlists on Spotify, I have a new one up now on Spotify. It's on our Facebook. Be sure go, to check that out. Go check it out. Uh, I got some Hate Eternal on there. Um, uh, I got some Sodom, the new Sodom records on Spotify. I put a couple of those tracks on there. Nice. Pretty awesome. If you haven't heard the new Sodom decision, buy the new Sodom. Definitely go fucking it. Buy, it. buy it off Amazon. Yeah, there's, only, there's only one track on my Spotify. You'll have to hear the whole record by buying the album. Don't steal it. Buy it. They need money. They've been around a long time. It's a great album. Definitely one of the better things that I've listened to this year. It's also a real thrash. Um, yeah, it's... Good stuff. And, I, you know... Uh, what else for you? I got uh, some Belphegor on there. I got an uh, origin what track. What Belphegor did you put? Uh, Bleeding Salvation from... Uh, Why didn't you put Gas Mask Terror? From Goat Ride uh, Flesh Cult. I want a Gas no, Mask Terror. I want a Gas Mask Terror, and Gorecross was like, fuck you, Wes. I could put that one on there. Uh, also, the the new Blood Red Throne is on, on there. Uh, Not familiar with them. It keeps popping up in searches for things I do. I like them. They're really good. I don't know if I do or not. Is it Death Metal? Yes, it is. Where's it from? France. There's nothing from there, but they're good. I'm yeah, sorry. there is. They're, they're, they're Guthira's from there. Yeah, but I don't count that. That's Corey's not. the big Guthira fan. <laughs> Y'all can thin in Guthira, Thedeeth, and Thicker. Uh, there's Crisian on there, there's Razor on there, and there's uh, a weird one from Suffocation. There's uh, As Grace Descends. I think that song's awesome from Pinnacle. That's a really good song. Um not an old school suffocation song. They actually it, played that when I saw them. Yeah, I like it. I like that song a lot. Not yeah. not a, not a fan of the newest record, but I like that song from it. I, I like think it's yeah. It sounds like something off Blood Oath. It's something off. It sounds like something off Blood Oath that never. Warcraft has on me in a meat locker today, kids. <laughs> oh, surprisingly, it's 
it was cold this morning outside. It, it had, was. It was like 60, and now it's back to being like 101 out here. So, <clears throat> Which is why we always get sick in Florida. But no, but definitely check out the Sodom. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, it's called Decision it's Day. It's, out now. it's not my favorite thing I bought this year, but... It's, it's fucking good, though. It's good. It's a Sodom album. It's uh, three years in the making, almost four years since they've had an album, so... Yeah. Uh, I like it. I like it as much as I do the new Destruction. The new Destruction's good. It is very good. And then, uh... Like, again, I don't do thrash, but I, I like the Teutonic thrash. The only American thrash band that put a record out this year that I liked was Watson Jetson. Great album. And if you consider metal church thrash, then I like their new record too. But but again, it's not death metal. It's not what I'm into. Uh, and you know, it's not really my thing. <clears throat> uh, I guess we can take a second here to actually uh, also tell you that at the end of this episode, we have Brett Hoffman. Yeah, which I I can't stop talking about it. I'm really plugging this. It's you guys great. need to listen to this. This guy's a fucking badass. I realize that. Uh, a lot of people lump them with negative things. It shouldn't be. They're forefathers of the genre. Uh, their latest record is is really cool. Uh, it keeps it's up not with everything. Demon's Path is not something I'm going to tell a new listener to run out and buy. You should start with the early stuff. But it is it is great though. It is good, but it's not it, as far as new death metal. This no, is it's like, great. You know. It's great. I, I'm not crazy about the production on it, but well, uh, I do like it. I actually like the one before it better. I'm more of a the Invidious or Insidious, Insidious Dominion, Insanious Mosh <laughs> Anyway, that record's really good. Oh, and there goes Franklin. It's good because Eric Rutten did it. Yeah. But anyway, but there goes fucking Franklin. That's glorious. It's, before he just came, it's the first like real fucking nasty blood scene we see in the film. Blows. And he's just hacking. That's hacked up for. But yeah, but I mean, there. but do you know it's it's important you guys listen to that like I said if you're a new to the band don't start with the later material start with the earlier stuff start with Invenom it's Brett's favorite start with that start with something old uh, the new stuff's good but to me if you're if you're a new fan you should start with something old start with that. start with uh, that's Retribution what, that's what they Ten mean. Commandments uh, uh, I'm more of a Retribution I, guy I, there's a mixed debate on that our friend Jen's we're still Ten Commandments he thinks Ten, Ten Commandments is their best uh, record. I'm not buying that. I'm retribution. You got to do retribution if you're going to start. Retribution early, is great. Don't skip over. I retribution. actually like uh, their third album more than their first album. Stillborn. Stillborn. I like more it's than great. Ten Commandments. It's about ethnic cleansing. Fucking. I don't like. I'm not crazy about Ten Commandments. Is still too thrashy sounding. Yeah, it's early. You know, but if you're going to skip over something early from theirs do not skip over Retribution or even Stillborn they're both great Stillborn's great the production is weird but the songwriting's incredible right uh, if you're going to go with a, for a record without Brett go for Eternal yeah that's good too that's a solid fucking album uh, but but for Brett and that's the classic stuff you got to go Envenomed you've got to go Retribution Fine Art of Murder listen to both favorite. of those Fine Art of Murder is fucking amazing it's my listen favorite. to those you know you want another Jason record <clears throat> Another good record in Cold Blood, but if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna chill with Brett and you should, and uh, definitely Retribution. If you've never listened to them, I suggest that one first. Uh, then I would go Stillborn. Then I would go Invenomed. And if you want a newer record, Gore Cross is going to tell you Dead Man's Path. I'm going to tell you the Infidious Vid Fid Fodum, whatever the <laughs> the one before. It. Thank you. That one. 
That one's really good. That's got some fucking great songs, and they actually shot a lot of videos for that album. They did. Uh, so it's good. You know, it's whatever your whatever your forte is. We were we were honored to have him on. I think he's a fucking legend in the field. And speaking of legends, we have Marilyn Burns, which in my opinion is the scream queen. Yeah. Wow. She's fucking. She's not attractive like Linnea Quigley was, but she's God. She screams through this whole goddamn film, and they pretty much tortured her, from what Toby Hooper says. They, they were very rough with her and scared the hell out of her. They were very mean. Gunner said he used to throw her around like a fucking rag doll. And, of course, you know, he could throw me around like a rag doll if he's still alive. Big guy. Want to also take a second. Uh, rest in peace, Gunner Hansen. We lost him last year. That was to, that was so devastating to me. It was as devastating as losing Lemmy uh, from yeah, Motorhead. But Gunner Hansen, rest in peace. You're the fucking man. Uh, a lot of people don't agree with that. He is Leatherface. Nobody else will ever touch that. Like that fruit in, uh, in the remake from 03. That guy sucks. <laughs> don't like you. Not a fan. Uh, you look like a fucking pro wrestler. But anyway, uh, not interested. And not a good pro wrestler. I put you in the fucking figure four. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> woo! Uh, but yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Gunnar Hansen. Uh, and I'm sure Brett would agree with us on that. Fuck yeah. Gunnar Hansen. The crazy I mean, thing. the fucking king. He's the fucking... last time I saw Gunnar Hansen. Yeah, tell him this, because you didn't do it! I didn't do it, but I... St- you got to regret that. I regret it. I wasn't even there. I mean, I regret the not getting... Here's what happened. Corey <laughs> runs a festival called Mad Monster Party. <laughs> I attended a festival at Mad Monster Party last year. It was he, my, he owns it. Don't let him kid you. It was my favorite festival I've he done. He owns it. Or, uh, festival. It's he a fucking it. horror convention they do every year. Um, there's multiple yeah. ones across the, across the U.S. There's one in Arizona they do. They do one in Chicago. They do one in... Uh, Vegas, I think they do them sometimes. And, Corey runs it. <laughs> and North Carolina. I attended the North Carolina one and uh, the first year. And they did... They started doing these photo ops. And I think... I know Days of the Dead does them now. How they, many photo ops did you do that year? Mm. No, I mean, how many fans did you have come up and do photo ops? <laughs> Mad <laughs> Monsters. He's op. trying to be modest right now. Mad Monster is actually his thing. He's trying to act like it's not. Oh, it's not. But he owns um, it. But he, he owns it. <laughs> but uh, I'm kidding. He, but he does. They own kind it. of started doing these in other places because I think Mad Monster was the forefront of doing this, and this is like a, uh, a mantra for these conventions now: is these uh, pro photo ops where you know usually they had the background and that's cool, but now they they're getting the effects artists to come out to to the events as well and put the makeup and shit back on these right. people and. You have the full regalia shit going on with with them in costume, which is great. And I think Mad Monster is the ones who started that, who actually really? brought that to. Because I, I haven't know. heard of I it before. They were doing it for a long time. Um, I think the first one I noticed was the. Um, and I'll take a second. You just gotta love the the trot that uh, Gunnar Hansen brings. Oh, they're face. they're I mean, fucking they're on a track run. Continue. It's fucking amazing. They're gonna be running a track. For I mean, a while. it's just it's scary because he's so like fucking creepy I don't know the way he runs and stuff but anyway um, I think the first time I noticed these photo ops like these pro photo ops in costume where Kane Hodder did one I think in Chicago uh, where he was in the part 7 Jason album really they actually made him the real real one that he used in the film and you did that no (laughs) you've got a photo here in the reality with him doing it uh, John Carl Buechler was there, so he reapplied everything, and they did the whole thing, and it was. Really he has a picture here on his wall of him with John Carl Buechler. <laughs> John Carl Boo 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 Boogers. <laughs> um, 
So I noticed that, and that was cool. Then they started doing it more. Well, the last time I saw Gunnar Hansen, I went to Mad Monster Party, and he did a photo op. This was in this was in Charlotte. This was in Charlotte, and he Woo! did woo, and he did woo! He, uh, he got in the original Leatherface costume that was from the fucking film. That's awesome. <clears throat> that he hadn't touched since he was in it in this movie, and put it on, and did pictures with everybody. I like a schmuck did not do the photo op with him, but. I got to see him walk. What did around. you do instead? Let's tell the fans what you did instead of meeting Gunnar Hansen. I don't I even think I did a, a photo op that year at you all. You did. I'm I sure did. you did. Oh. What did you do? They had the Fright Night reunion, so I met like everybody from there, but I didn't do a photo op that year because I, um, yeah, I met uh, Tobin Bell that played Jigsaw. I met Sid Haig like I always do. Um, never. Never did the Gunnar Hansen thing. It was like a hundred bucks. Would have been the best I ever spent, but you know, um, I got to see him walk around in the costume, which was equally as awesome. I still talked to him at his table. So you, um, so but you, was it expensive? A hundred dollars. That's not bad. I would have done it, but I didn't have that kind of money. It was my first year going to this. Guys, bad here's, the tr- here's the truth. He's a big Rob Zombie fan. He spent <laughs> money hanging out with Sid Hay, getting autographs <laughs> instead of meeting Gunnar Hansen. He'll regret it till he's dead. Nod. And he had to meet Jigsaw from the Saw films because he has a Saw subway poster which takes up his entire room of his house that we record in. And it's autographed by the whole cast, but he didn't meet Gunnar Hansen. It's uh, one of the mysteries that I'll never understand. No, I met Gunnar Hansen, but I didn't get anything. Because I didn't think... You that, have to regret that. I would regret that. I don't regret it. I, mean, I would regret If I hadn't went and met Ric Flair, I would have regretted it. But I met him. But I didn't get any... Yeah, but I mean, I... I got my goddamn, you know. Yeah, I, I should have, but I didn't think he was going to die the same time. I figured time. you could have done like a photo. Why didn't you just do a picture at his table with him? I don't know. I just didn't. He had to buy an autograph from Sid Haig, <laughs> which is interesting. His uh, line was pretty fucking annoying, too. It was never not busy. and Because uh, people know. are stupid, man. I fucking love him. He's yeah. the fuck people don't like him. It's like, I want to make that Earpoff Melonhoff. <laughs> That, fuck that guy. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck those movies up the butt, too. Those movies are fucking garbage. And everybody's like, they're really good, man. It's like, no, they're not. Even that kid from Grind can't save that film. Because <laughs> he's in it. But he can't save the fucking thing. This is the, this is Texas Chainsaw. There should only be one, you know. The other I love ones. him hitting her with that fucking broom. It's That's, so goddamn funny. It is funny. He's like, you fucking bitch. Although he is funnier in the second film. Because that's the other thing. It's Actually, like, he's the best part of the second film besides Dennis Hopper. Leatherface, you tit turd! Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So, but anyway, so Corey had to meet two rare convention stars that year. He had met Sid Hay, which never <laughs> does conventions, and Bill Mosley instead of meeting Leatherface. So, oh, I get it. But he owns Mad Monster, so he can meet whoever he wants. <laughs> he just chose not that's to. thing, but... Year. You chose not to that year... Because you had to meet Danny Trejo and have him sign that he's Machete. You had to meet him and Bill... I mean, he did. Now, he met a rare, rare one, Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley never does conventions. He's a horror icon. And you met him instead of me. No, I'm just messing No, but... I, you know, I guess it all depends on what you're into, you know? I guess it depends on what you want to do and when you want to do it. Like... Uh, my lady met Kane Hodder, and I met him too, and he was a dick. Yeah, I've, he's been... No, he really was. He was a dickhead. Uh, <laughs> he was. He was just rude. I don't really know how to describe it. He was rude. Bill Mosley was rude to me. Uh, 
Um, Lee Majors, six million dollar man, was very rude to me, uh, which that actually hurt my feelings. Oh, I'm sure. But you know, I mean, I expected that, and I, you know, it's. I mean, I, what I'm hoping is, and I, I wanted to tell you guys about this. Uh, Corey cameoed in the new Rob Zombie film, so hopefully he can have a table now where we can make money off that. Yeah, I'm in uh, 31, and my name is 69. In the he's film. In, he's in there for just a few seconds, but but we're going to have him at every con in America for the next 10 years. <laughs> that way, he can live off that like Bill Mosley does. <laughs> And 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 Kane Hodder does. I mean, at least Kane Hodder actually has a fucking resume. Bill does, but Bill's like, yeah, he's in the Ninth Living Dead remake, but he's in there for two seconds. Yeah, he's in the Blob, the first film we ever did on this podcast. Love that movie, but he's in it for two seconds. I mean, it's like, and if the guy was nice, it'd be a different thing. But he's kind of a horse's butt, you know. <laughs> he's uh, he's we may have him as a potential guest on here, so I'm sure he'll love me trashing him. I don't know he's in the so. new uh, Slayer video that just came out today. Pride and Prejudice, and he's gets uh, spoiler alert for all you that uh, can't wait for the huge twist at the end of a Slayer music video. But he gets fucking like prison knifed at the end of the at the end of the oh, episode. That's great. Uh, it's a nice little family Christmas, and some Nazi comes in and, and uh, stabs him to death. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, it's pretty cool that the little trilogy they're doing the Slayer videos are really cool. This one is like. Uh, it was cool, but at the same time, it's like bringing back all this Nazi bullshit, and it's kind of weird, so I don't know. It's like, you're not fooling anybody, Slayer. It's like, you know, fucking Tom Araya's goddamn Catholic, you know, Native American, and then, you know, I don't know what they're doing. I thought he was a Mexican. <laughs> he's, he's like, I did. I thought he was a he's I Native he, American or something. Oh, he's a Native American Mexican. He's also 100. He's like Father Time, because he's <laughs> got that fucking beard. I don't have any interest in them anymore, but, but, but what a... Uh, I wanted to also let you guys know this is very important that uh, also when Corey was at Mad Monster, this is this is this is he was there, and these are some other people that he skipped over. <laughs> uh, he passed over Lemmy from Motorhead, who was there doing a signing. He didn't decided not to do that. He did meet Bill Mosley though, that does never does conventions. <laughs> he passed over Gene Wilder was there, the great comic genius Gene Wilder was there, and Corey passed over him to meet Sid Haig. Yeah. And uh, trying to think of some other people you passed over. Ronnie James Dio was there. Yeah. And you passed over Ronnie James Dio yeah, Angus to meet. Angus was there, too. Uh, well, no, you, you you were there to meet. Ronnie James Dio was also there. You were sitting beside Lemmy. You're like, nah, I'll wait. And you went and met Bill Mosley and got your picture <laughs> with him. And you, you, the, the main one, though, that you all don't know about, and there's a subway poster in here, of uh, uh, which is a, a Salem, whatever it's called. And it says to Corey, love Rob Zombie, my number one fan. And he met he met he met Rob Zombie instead of meeting Ronnie James Dio. So yeah, and he was. I salute Corey. And then Corey, instead of doing, yeah, I need to tell you this. I didn't want to tattletale on you, but instead of doing the Leatherface, uh, Gunnar Hansen photo op, he did the Slipknot photo op. <laughs> with, uh, no, I skipped the clown and and and, <laughs> and that guy that died, Paul Gray's ghost, and. Uh, no, I skipped over that to do the Hellbilly Deluxe photo op. <laughs> oh no, you did that too. I thought the Super Beast photo op. So, so you know, in my drag, I didn't tell anybody, but uh, because of our name and everything, we're being sued by J.J. Abrams. So now we're going to be called the Remake Podcast. Yeah, I already. Uh, I have a picture with the cast from Phantasm, including Don Coscarelli, but I already taped J.J. Abrams over 
You should. Don Coscarelli. I mean, he's picture. the genius behind it. I was like, Don Coscarelli actually um, transformed into J.J. Abrams. He's actually secretly J.J. Abrams. But you want to hear something else? The one that really surprised me at this, and this is something I wanted you guys to know about. Uh, when he did the Slipknot photo op, he Corey actually passed over the Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray photo op in Ghostbusters. You know I would not fucking do he that. He passed over... His childhood heroes to, to meet Slipknot. And, and Corey Taylor was too busy, so all he got was clown, Paul Gray's ghost. So they just hung a suit up behind him for that. And then uh, and then a guy that looked like Mick. They actually dressed Kane the wrestler up like Mick from Slipknot. <laughs> Corey did that, and that was a $500 photo off. He did that instead of Gunnar Hansen. And the Ghostbusters. I actually only got it because I told them I had cancer and I had shaved my head so they would do it. <laughs> Otherwise, they were like, we're not doing this. You, you, you should have bought you know, it three I'm, months I'm ago. actually surprised, and I don't know because I hate that fucking band, but I, I'm i surprised Slipknot's not whored themselves out to doing that stuff at a, at a, at a show. Well, or, they still got a career, so they have no reason to. But Well, not that much of a career because what well, I... Corey Taylor does because he's got that fucking Stone Sour piece of shit and so does Jim and... So they can just be a pop band where they don't want to be a fake metal band. Oh, right. That's true. A rap or ruining band. my Dio tribute thing. Yeah. yeah anyway, back to the film. Uh, the Hitchhikers having some fun with Marilyn Burns. As I said, they tortured her pretty much in this film. And they're doing so right now. And all this always looked real to me as a kid. Like, I, I don't know why I thought it this does, was real. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I want to take a moment and say that I don't like this Leatherface where he's like Grandma Leatherface or whatever. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It is weird. It's just you know what my cool. favorite one They made a figure of that and I don't really... My favorite one's at the end. Really? Where he's got the suit and the fucking makeup on his mask. Oh, yeah. I think that one's awesome. Which they directly stole in part two, but that's Toby Hooper. He can do whatever he wants with his own film. But but yeah, man, I was always really surprised. I was, if you guys wanted to talk, if you wanted to tell everybody about Skip and Gene Wilder and <laughs> and Lemmy and, and Ronnie James Dio t- and, and, and your childhood, you skipped over Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd in the Ghostbusters outfit in a full thing, and you skipped that to do... The Sid Haig, Bill Mosley, Devil's Rejects photo op. I was curious if that was, and the Slipknot photo op. No, he he didn't do any of that. If it, honestly, the the truth be told, this is the truth. If there ever was a Ghostbusters photo op, it could be in Japan. He would be there. Yeah, I would. <laughs> because that's his favorite thing in the world. I don't think we've ever talked about that on here. No, that's your that is his favorite thing in the on the earth. More than Star Wars, more than horror, Ghost more than Ghost anything. That's my favorite. More than death metal. It's it's it's. Just grow. I was two years old with fucking dude. It's awesome. Pajamas. You're from New York. It's awesome. He's a sailor. He's from New York. We get this guy. He can quote the entire film here with no film playing. Your favorite film? I'm I'm, I'm messing around though. Although which is cool because we've seen it in theaters <clears throat> a few times. Yeah. Um, which is always cool. I'm not you know, even going to touch. I wasn't that. there for the original, but you know I've seen it. In theaters, so. weren't alive. You can't fault yeah. yourself for that. I know that'd be like me faulting myself for but being able to see. I made up for it because since I've been born, that has been my movie since I've been. Able I mean, it's to great, man. I, I, I will tell you guys this right now. I don't have a film that I can say is my movie. No, I don't. I'm not associated with anything. I wish I was. I'm actually jealous. I've never had. I've never had this conversation. You'll have it on here. I've never had a film that I was like, "That's it." I wish I did. I don't. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, there's not... You know, I don't even have a favorite movie. I don't have a favorite actor. I don't have a favorite band. Yeah, it's kind of just everywhere. But No, it's interesting. I, I want to actually talk to you guys about that. Are we have any fans out there of this stuff? I, I don't have one band that's my favorite. I don't have 
a singer that's my favorite. I don't have an actor that's my favorite. I don't have a director that's my favorite. I don't. I don't have any of that. It's interesting. You, I feel like Corey does on on maybe not on all those, but on at least on Ghostbusters. I guess because I'm more specific and you're more sporadic, maybe with the way you enjoy things, or you know. No, I think it's it's not that. I don't really think you can even put a label on me with it. I just don't have one. I yeah, think there just, are people that do legitimately like they're like this is my favorite thing in the entire world. Uh, this is it, blah, 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 blah. I, I don't guess I really have that. I guess I'm just... And if I did, if I did, I've never met them, you know. If, if, it, if it was James Bond, I've never met Roger Moore. Right. Uh, and then if it's if it's Star Trek, then I've met Shatner, so I guess I have that. I guess that would probably be the closest thing, I guess, would be to a, a childhood hero would probably be William Shatner. So. And, uh... I, can just say I love Say by the Bell, which people think is weird. You know, my Mets jersey smells nice and fresh now. Nice. It, it, it was turning kind of yellow. You know. Oh man, that's great. Sports jerseys are supposed to turn yellow after a while. I'm dumping up beer and sweat on it. Sure. Now it's squeaky clean. Yeah, I never. I don't know. I never had. Uh, I never had a favorite band. I never had a favorite. Uh, I don't even have a favorite sports team. It's interesting. I don't. Uh, I mean, I guess I sort of do with hockey, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I guess that's sort of a favorite thing. Uh, you know. But, I mean, oh, even me, even I as just... much as I love the Carolina Panthers, I can't say that they're my favorite football team. I don't know if I really have a favorite football team. It's weird. Like, they I don't really, I don't really, you know, I don't. I guess I don't really have a favorite anything anymore. Like, I, I, get, I want to, you know. But I just don't, you know. My favorite wrestler is probably Ric Flair. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. Like I, I mean, I guess I do and I don't with things. But uh, I'm a huge Star Trek fan, so that's always. I guess that's probably my favorite all round thing. But I don't know. I don't have Star Trek tattoos. I don't. I don't wear Star Trek shirts. I don't have a Star Trek sticker on my car. I don't know. So I guess I'm not really that big of a fan. Even though people tell me I'm a huge uh, Star Trek fan, but I mean, I get. I mean, I guess I am, and I'm not. I don't know, but uh, but it's interesting. I'm curious if you guys out there, if you uh, if you guys are uh, if you have a favorite band or you have a favorite movie or or that, and it doesn't have to be horror related or death metal. I, I don't really. I mean, like right now, like if, if someone was like, "Hey, what is your favorite death metal band?" I don't have one. I don't have a favorite death metal band. I don't have a favorite band. Period. Uh, I don't have a favorite sports team, except maybe the Lightning. Favorite wrestler, I guess, would be Ric Flair. I mean, I guess I could say, what's your favorite color? I don't have a favorite color. You know, I don't. I don't. Know, it's weird. Like I, a lot of people have these things. Like, like I'd sit, I could sit here all day long and, and tell you uh, things about other people. But as far as me, I don't think people can sit down and say, "This is Scott's favorite thing. This is Scott's favorite band. This is Scott." I, I don't really have that. Because there's a misconception. This is something I actually want to talk about just real quick. So I'm talking about this because I'm curious if you guys have this. A lot of people think my favorite musician is Ryan James Dio. It's not. I'm a big fan. I'm a huge fan, but I don't have a favorite band. Yeah, that's a misconception with me. A lot of people would say, "Oh, well, it's Dio," but it's not. Um, it's I don't have one. It is a favorite, but it's not the favorite. Correct. I don't have the favorite. I don't have that. See, I know people like that. that, that I know, but I mean, I know, like, 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 I was telling everybody here. It's like, I guess my favorite wrestler is Ric Flair. My favorite, 
sports team is the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I don't really have a favorite. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a favorite band. I don't have a favorite movie. Like Corey, like I could, you know, Ghostbusters is his thing, and it's awesome. Like I don't have that film. There's not one film that I own that I'm like that's my favorite film. You know, I just don't. I mean, I have movies that I love that I would never sell. Maybe those are... Like the movie Once Bitten with Jim Carrey. I absolutely love that film. I could watch it all day, every day. And I can quote it. But I can do that with Back to the Future, too. Like, I'm a big Back to... I love the first Back to the Future film. I can quote the entire film. Is it my favorite film? I don't think so. But I love it. But... I don't know. It's interesting. Anyway, Marilyn Burns is being tortured and the cook's laughing at her because I fucking love him. <laughs> and uh, she's losing her mind. A lot of a lot of very artistic shots in this. I I, I will applaud Toby Hooper uh, the way that he did this because he followed this movie up with Eaten Alive, which is a turd. Uh, Robert um, Englund movie. It's just not good. <clears throat> it, yeah. the, the Arrow Blu-ray of that is gorgeous and I own it, but that movie's a foot long. <clears throat> Yeah, there's nothing to like, it. If we ever have a foot-long guest and we have to do a movie, I'll use Eating Alive. So you guys will know out there without me trashing the guest that I didn't give a shit about the guest because we stuck it with Eating Alive. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll take Funhouse over Eating Alive any day. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, I think it's interesting. I mean, curious if you guys are out there, you know, you want to message Corey and tell him whatever. Do you guys have a favorite film? Do you have a favorite band? I don't. I, I don't know if it's weird. Maybe I'm weird. I don't have that. I don't have favorites in like every kind. I don't have a favorite color. I don't have a favorite make of car. I don't have a favorite house. I don't have a favorite whatever. I just I don't have a favorite food. Name my favorite food. I don't have a favorite food. You know. You like Zaxby's pretty well. Did. <laughs> oh yeah, did, and then they fucked me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and that uh, that's it. You know, that's pretty much it, guys. I mean, it's like, but I'm curious if you guys do, you know, let us know. Message Corey. You can't message me, but message him and tell him, you know. Uh, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, well, that's your favorite. And a lot of people think they can narrow me down with that. It's not that easy to do. I'm more complicated than that. I'm a big Vincent Price fan. He's not my favorite actor, though. Yeah. I don't have a favorite actor. I love him. I love 90% of the stuff he's done. I've seen everything he's done. Is he my favorite actor? No. Um, but, you know. I will tell you this, though. Uh, a lot of people are big Star Wars fans. I will take Back to the Future any day over those films. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a bigger fan of that. I can see that for sure. Uh, me personally. And honestly, and, and you, I don't compare Star Trek and Star Wars because one's a television show and one's a movie series. I don't compare those. I know there's comparisons with it, but I don't do that. I'm a big Stargate fan. Uh, but again, it's not my favorite thing. I can't sit and go, oh, it's my favorite thing. Because it's not, you know. Uh, you know, I don't have a Back to the Future back patch on my denim jacket. I don't wear a denim jacket, so, <laughs> you know. And if I did, it wouldn't have anything on there. I would never, that, there you go, there's an interesting thing. Like, people like to wear the denim vest with the metal stuff on it. No thanks. I don't want people seeing all the stuff I listen to. I'm more private about what I'm into. I'll wear a band shirt. If you if you if I'm at a show and you see me buy a shirt from a band, I'm really into that band. Uh, and that's it. Like I went to Summer Slaughter and I didn't buy a goddamn thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I like the stuff that's there, but I don't need anything from that stuff. I don't know. Uh, I did buy a Belfagor shirt though. Yeah. So are they my favorite band? No. 
But I like them. I like them enough to wear a shirt. Let's say this. Um, I mean, I'm wearing a fucking Return of the Living Dead shirt right now. But it doesn't mean Return of the Living Dead is my favorite film. Sure. It's my favorite zombie film. Yeah. And yes, I would take it over the original Dawn of the Dead. I just like it. I don't know why. This is what I grew up with. I was a little kid. I saw it in the theater. I just like it. But anyway, but... Although I saw Dawn of the Dead at a drive-in, but whatever. But it was old when I saw it. It was like in the 80s, but... um, like this, like a lot of people would say, uh, Texas Chainsaw Man, is, is this your favorite film? No, it's not. Do I like it? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. But it's not my favorite horror film. I don't have a favorite horror film. Do you? I don't have a favorite horror film. Well, Phantasm is my favorite. It is your favorite horror film. Mm-hmm. The original Phantasm the original is your Phantasm favorite Phantasm is my favorite. See, I, I, I want to also tell you guys this now. I don't even want to use the name Phantasm. Because I hate J.J. Abrams so much. This is a conversation I probably should talk about in here. But I'm serious. I fucking hate J.J. Well, Abrams. My, my like, argument, like, he's no. associated with that now to me mentally. I don't know. I don't let him fucking ruin the shit. I you know. don't. But I'm just... For me, yeah. I, like, I, I don't want anything to do with that fucking guy. Like, if he... Anything he's doing... I, like, like, let me tell you guys about this. He's ruined a movie... More from my uncle's childhood, not my childhood. He's got a new television series on HBO called where he's ruined Westworld. Wow. Well, you know, it gets time to ruin everything, I guess. No, he just has more money than God, and people keep telling him he's God. Yeah. Like Kevin Smith sucking his dick for three hours at a fucking evening with Kevin Smith. I, oh. thought, it was, I, thought, it, I thought it should have been called an evening the fucking There goes J.J. Abrams, the hitchhiker, right there. By the Black Mama. Gets fucking... Fucking blasted in half by a goddamn semi. Black, Black Maria. Maria. Sorry, I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Black Mama. That's great. I mean, there's a Black Mama that just got out of yeah, that fucking truck. There we go. And there's Leatherface. So, I mean, along. you know, you have to. I, I guess it's nice for people to have a favorite thing or a favorite thing. I don't even have a favorite genre of anything. Yeah. I don't have a favorite anything. I don't know. I like how this guy goes for his giant monkey wrench. He's going to get this. Like, like there's this guy I used to know. Dude, there's this know. guy I used to know, and all he would buy is Spider Man everything. Everything. Like, if I bet if I found his ass right now, he's probably Boom. still like that. And I just, I don't know. I've never been one of those people that liked every Oof. single fucking thing by one thing, and that's it. You got to love those fucking cowboy boots he's got on. You know, I want to say this because I've never said this before. I never liked the end of this film. I neither. It's kind of just a train wreck. It's like all. Well, it's not even a train. It's just it just doesn't make any sense. And does that truck driver die? I don't think he does. I mean, or he just runs off into the distance. Yeah. I mean, I'd get back in my damn truck after Weatherface gets away from me. You know. And how hard is it to climb into a goddamn truck? I mean, after you've been through that much shit, I would have fucking leaped in there. I wouldn't. That's what I'm saying. You fucking your adrenaline would have got you in there. Yeah, that looks like a produce truck or maybe a, a, a animal. It's a cattle truck. It is. They're going to the slaughterhouse. No, I like the end of him just wheeling the chainsaw around. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it is cool. And then, uh, yeah, if I was that driver, I would have just took off. I mean, he couldn't have. Knock that door off with that chainsaw. The more he sat there, but he just fucking. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's Leatherface. That's the beginning and end of it. That's it. He only played him once, and that's it. The movie's a classic. Uh, yeah, this. The end of the film is fucking awesome. Um, and of course, we'll do. 
what we always do once a film ends is um, drink a beer. That's one thing we do. Yeah. Um, Look well, at this nasty hick walk across. He's going to the pool. <laughs> He's Nike. And we got the. Uh... Oh, I could probably play it a little louder. <laughs> I've already been. I'm sober. That's the problem. I'm not operating correctly here. We'll give you the. You, you can actually fucking hear the soundbite. That'd be great. Uh, final thoughts. I mean, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. It's not much to say about it other than it's goddamn. It's it's great. It's a it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a must have. I'm, I'm looking for a specific word. It is a. It's essential. What am I trying to think of? There's a there's a word that and I'm gonna I'm gonna I've got to think of this, or we have to just redo the whole damn end of this. <laughs> they are a God. What, what, what would I call that? They are a the this film is a it's brilliant, but it's it's it's. It stands the test of time, but more than more importantly than anything, it, it is a God. What is the word I'm looking for? Like a stone, like a rock, a pillar, a. Uh... I don't know. I'm trying to think of the, what what I would call this. This this, this thing doesn't it's let the up. pinnacle. No, <laughs> I just I won't be able to think of it. It never changes. It never evolves. This movie's just what is what it is. It's great. I mean, people think that it's overrated. They're the same hacks that think the Exorcist is overrated. No. It's the name of a rock or a stone that's immovable is what I'm trying to think of. A boulder? No. <laughs> it's a fancy name. But anyway, this movie is that. It's it's everything and more. It's immovable. You know, you all... It is. Um... It's a pillar. It's a. I'm not coming up with the word I'm wanting, but whatever. Okay. It's it's great. I think it's amazing. I love everything about it. I love. I do. I if you think this, this film, if you consider this film overrated, then don't listen to this podcast anymore. Pretty much, it'd be I the, mean, same, the same people that don't. If you if you don't, and I, I and we got to talk about this great film. I'm done talking about that. Uh, Brett Hoffman's coming up here in a few seconds. Uh, yeah. Also, something very underrated. Is malevolent creation. So if you want to, if you want to have good insight about the the startup of, of uh, death metal, um, like never changed. They never did a fucking industrial album. They never did a fucking album with Mark Lewis. They never did a fucking or that cripple. They never did a fucking. <laughs> they never. He's he's fucking. He's Franklin. That's who that fucker is. Yeah. You know, he's that. These guys. These guys stay true to form. And I can't say that about most death metal bands. There's a lot of death metal bands. That I don't think have stayed true to form, like Cannibal Corpse. I don't think it stayed true to form. I don't think Morbid Angels stayed true to form. But I do think Malevolent Creation has stayed true to form. Oh yeah, they're a fucking. They're just like this film. It's just it doesn't change. It is what it is. You get what you pay for. It's like, uh, it's it's some of the best shit. It's quality, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy the interview. We had fun doing this one. Again, if you think of your favorite movies or your favorite. Color. Or you can actually whatever. narrow it down to one. Then Tell us your guest. favorite color of movie. I don't know, but 
Or just talk to us in general. We love to hear from you guys. You know, uh, we don't take requests, but if you're like, "Hey, man, why even do this?" You can check out our coming soon. That's the stuff we're going to be doing on here. Yep, um, definitely. And you know, if there's something that isn't on the coming soon thing, I can't put like a million films at the end of each episode, so you can yeah. just get a kind of idea of what we like and what we do. So yeah, but either way, we want to hear from you guys and and uh, any any way possible. So. Just uh, shoot us a line. You can comment on shoot Corey a line. Don't shoot me. <clears throat> you can comment on the on the Facebook. You can comment on our. You can send us a fucking email. Phantasmpodcast at gmail um, More business oriented, but hey, if you want to send something our way and and talk, whatever you want to do, uh, it's fine. Twitter is probably the best way to talk to me. Uh, talk to him on Twitter. It's fun and exciting. Just, just at Phantasm Podcast. Just hit us up on there. Or if you're listening to this, if you're a SoundCloud person. Um, you can comment on any second, like literal second on that site and, and put something in the middle of it. Like, hey, I really liked how you – thanks for telling me I had no idea this was a fact of this movie or blah, blah. It's right when we say it, you can post a comment saying, hey, thanks for saying that or that that was really insightful or, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'll just, just want to hear your feedback. I think it would be – we'd like to hear from you guys because we're fans just like you. That's why we do this and uh, we appreciate everyone who does listen, but – want to hear what you have to say you know and uh surprisingly i do <laughs> he does so, i don't yeah so uh thank you guys for listening so much and uh stick around because we've got brett hoffman brett hoffman's coming up right now and as always from us at phantasm stay fucking gory This is uh, Dr. Vincent West, uh, Phantasm Podcast. have one of my heroes on today. We have Brett Hoffman from Malevolent Creation. Brett, how you doing, man? Hey, man. How you doing? Uh, I'm not doing too bad. Just good to talk to you finally. Yeah, man. This is awesome. It's been a work in progress. I appreciate you doing this. This is great. Oh, I'm so proud, man. Just uh, it's like I said, sorry take a little bit of time here to try to get all my ducks in a row and it's just take a little while so glad to finally be on with you hey man just happy to have you here man congratulations on getting married I think that's awesome yeah man congrats yeah uh, thanks a lot yeah it was, uh, it, was definitely a, it was definitely a really good party yesterday like I said it was, a, it was a banging party and a lot of drunk happy people there <laughs> that's awesome that's, that's the way it should be that's great that is great uh, I guess we start with the uh, history of the band Uh, you want to talk about how you got involved with Malevolent uh, up in Buffalo? Uh, and we just, uh, yeah, uh, Spacey, me and Paul, and uh, we had a band before called Rest Haven that we kind of just did covers and stuff. You know, just, we, were, we were young, like 15, 16 years old. Oh, that's awesome. We just started learning how to kind of make noise. It wasn't really music, but we just started somewhere. <laughs> so we kind of just started playing Judas Priest and Sabbath and Maiden. And, Fuck yeah. You know, good stuff like that. And, uh, then we got uh, we got in with our radio guitar player Jimmy Nichols, and uh, and we got Jason Black at bass, and then we had we still had a drummer Dennis Kubas, this guy we found, and then we just started kind of jamming some originals, and we didn't really have a name for it, but we just wanted to kind of you know start doing our own thing. And I think we were probably about eighteen, about eighteen years old. We started doing that, and uh, in Jimmy Nichols' basement, we just started came up with a few songs and. And we were just had fun doing it, and then we finally put together maybe enough songs to play a, you know, play a set, play out. 
We're all having fun. We're young and stupid. Just wanted to make a lot of noise and play fast and shit. And we're, just, you know, we're just having a really good time. So it kind of started there back. I think that was about 80, 1987. Awesome. That's amazing. Oh, okay, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so we all started, we were probably all around the same age. We played a few shows here doing that, and we played a bunch of, like, hardcore bands, like uh, SNFU and Pillsbury Hardcore and Blue to Christ and, and a bunch of bands like that we were playing with, because there was really no one doing, we all here was doing the heavy, the, like, heavy, faster stuff like us and Tyrus things, so we kind of had to play with more, like, uh, weird speed hardcore bands, kind of. And, right. And we liked those bands. We liked those They moves into uh, what? What was what prompted the move to Florida? I was trying to find a drummer, and then like uh, we couldn't find really find a drummer. But Phil's family had a bunch of family living down there. You know, we were sick of living in the winter up here. It was you know, heard about the nice weather and all that down there. So kind of just up and left and went down there. But you know, then everyone kind of got sidetracked <laughs> with all the stuff going on down there. So it took about another year after we moved down there. We found a drummer, we went to a lot of drummers, but uh, it finally took hold down there, we got a, got a steady lineup with Mark Simpson, and we got a hold with him, and, uh, and John Rubin, and when we started playing, you know, we went to a lot of guitar players. I think the first night we had uh, Jeff Discovich, and uh, I mean, we had Lee Harrison, we had a lot of different people, but then we started playing shows out down in Florida, and it actually took off really good down there. We, kind of made a scene for, for death metal and heavy thrash at the time we kind of started the scene in Fort Lauderdale area and stuff like Definitely. that so it just kind of took off really good well, you guys I consider forefathers of the genre so that's I don't think you all get anywhere near the credit you deserve I've been a fan for years so uh, yeah this is this is awesome hearing about that now that moving on I guess were, were you all playing shows with some of the local bands down there Deicide or, or uh, Morbid Angel or any of those cats or And then that, I guess that brings us, were you all, do you all have a demo before Ten Commandments, or were? Oh, yeah, we had, uh, I, think, I think we did 
three demos. We did an old one up in Buffalo, and I think we might have did two in South Florida. I think the last one we did was, we actually did the demo with Scott Burns. And I went, you know, he's like, don't give this demo to anyone. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get decided. You know, he's a roadrunner, so. They're like, all right, you know, see, you know, kind of, we knew Scott a little bit from going there all the time, so. They're like, all right, well, do it, you know, he, he got a sign up a roadrunner. So he was, you know, Scott's a great guy and stuff. I would even still work with him, but. But, uh, yeah, you know, we had, I think, three. One demo up from Buffalo. I think we did one. I know we did one, and I can't remember where. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I remember you were one of the first bands I ever bought on Roadrunner. Yeah, we were there. That was a while. I think, uh, I can't remember who was on there. I think Supple Chair was already on there. I'm pretty sure. I mean, there's a bunch of, I mean, uh, I think Side might have already been on there. I can't, it was so damn long ago. I can't really remember. Suffocation's in there somewhere, too, you guys. And King Diamond. Or is that? Well, King Domino. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I remember there was a bunch of, like, the, uh, you know, the old school, and even at that time, uh, the older bands that we grew up listening to as kids. Or, there was a few of those, yeah, King Domino was on there, and there was a couple other ones that we, you know, that we always thought in the universal thing. I'm not sure if they were on Roadrunner before King. Okay, yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. So that's pretty yeah, cool. So. And then, so, let's, and then you... You got the uh, demos out, and then you go to uh, how did Ten, Ten Commandments come about? Well, that's another thing. You know, we were talking about a name for now. We already had, I think, we had a few of the songs on the demo that we we're going to put on the album. So we didn't really put that demo. Didn't really get put out anywhere because once Scott took it and took it to Roadrunner, we never really. Re- I don't think we ever really released that thing. Or, you know, I mean, we probably traded it with a few people or something like that. You know, a few of the hardcores, but. I think we never really released that demo because it kind of went from from us to Scott Burns to Roadrunner, and then we kind of just it was immediately get in the, get back in the studio and start making an album. So we were kind of after we recorded the demo, I think we had maybe about a month or a month or two to finish writing enough songs. We already had a bunch of songs, but we had to polish them up and write a couple more, and then get right back in the studio and, and start writing out an album. And, and we kind of just came up with Ten Commandments. I think Phil actually came up with that one. And he was like, "Yeah, let's do something that's kind of like you know anti, you know anti religious, but not really, but not really you know satanic. We don't want to go down a satanic road or that whole thing. Went around it, but there's already so many bands doing it. We just we weren't really known for doing that, but we wanted to do something that was just anti anti establishment, anti religious, but without going one way or the other. So kind of just went with that route. And, so we just had to polish up and polish up some songs we already had, just kind of get them finished and then write a couple more, and then bam, we're right back in the studio with Scott Burns and doing Ten Commandments. Yeah, I think those are essential titles, like uh, Memorial Arrangements, that's fucking death metal, and Premature Burial, you know. Uh, were you the one that wrote the lyrics for the record? Yeah, well, yeah, I wrote, I think for that one, I wrote pretty much all those lyrics. There's about a couple albums Jay's written a song or two of lyrics, but I, I think... On that one, I wrote all the lyrics. Actually, for the uh, one arrangement, the premature barrel, I wrote, wrote that one when I was at the and Phil at the bar at the Rosebuds, an old bar, and right? I uh, played all the metal bands and shit we rang in there. Right. And it was a beers one night, and then <laughs> grabbed a pen and a napkin, and I wrote freaking about eight napkins worth of lyrics, and you know, we got into the warehouse the next day, and I condensed it down, and that's where that song was written. That's fucking awesome. 
Yeah, did you you all was that recorded in Florida? Oh yeah, that that, that was on Tech Memphis. That was all recorded at uh, Morristown. Okay. The whole battle album at Tech Memphis was all recorded at Morristown. How how long did y'all were y'all in there recording that? Uh, how long did it take to record it? Yeah. Uh, that album actually took, I think maybe, I think back then we were doing we do albums. It was like maybe a week and a half. God damn. <laughs> It's such a great debut. It's it's. I mean, it still stands up. I think that record's awesome. Oh, thanks, Ray. Yeah, yeah, man. We used to just back then we ripped we ripped albums out. I mean, yeah, there's no reason there was no reason for us to keep going over songs and over songs. You know, Scott would always Scott knew his shit. He knew how to bring the best out of us. And, you know, we would just get in there and just start ripping it up. You know what I mean? And that, that was it. I mean, there's no reason to sit around and try to you know what we're going to do to a song before it's not going to be the same song anymore. Right. You get it when you got the Right. All right. So, did y'all do a lot of touring for Ten Commandments? Yeah, actually, that one we did. We did quite a bit of touring. I think we did. Uh, soon as that album came out, we did a tour with Devastation, Demolition Hammer. I think we did like. Uh, oh, that was insane! It was like 60, 68 or seventy shows in like seventy three days. Damn. And then, and then we got then we got home for about. I think we went home for about. A week and a half or ten days we went home for it. Then we went to Europe and we did like, I think we did like 50 shows in 54 days or something in Europe. Wow, that's... So then we, yeah, that was just, that was like, for the whole summer we toured for that album. We did basically the whole summer. It was June, July, and August. We were on the road for the whole summer with Devastation, Devastation Hammer. And then, like I said, then we went, then we had about ten days off. And we went everywhere in Europe. And I think the last 13 shows we did right the road that That's, a, that's yeah, awesome. We came back and had a few days. I think we had a few weeks off and then started just playing more shows. So we played a lot of shows for that album. And then moving off that, maybe going to Retribution? Yeah. What a... There's yeah. you, there's you another landmark. That's... I I mean, so far, we're... I mean, wow, what a record. Well, thanks. That's when uh, Rob Barrett and Alex came into the band for Retribution. Do you want to talk a little bit about yeah, that, them coming into the band and then the writing process? And uh, we're, we're just all blended together really nicely, and everything just 
flow good on stage, you know, and it flow good for writing for that album of songs. It just kind of, there were some wacky-ass songs and there was some crazy timing going on. <laughs> Well, we did it, and I never really thought of it as, as the timing being all whacked out and stuff, and it just kind of flowed anyway, so it was, it was kind of cool to write that out, and I, I love playing, I miss playing some of the songs, I love still playing the songs that we do play off it. It's a great album. Did you, now, did you do the lyrics on that album? Oh, yeah, I did all the lyrics. I think maybe, I think uh, Rob might have helped on one or two of the songs, I can't remember, but I know we did on, uh, the album we did in Venom, and Rob, Rob wrote a, I think he wrote one of his full songs on there, and I think he didn't collaborate on one of those. So I think there's similar stuff on Retribution. I think he did, I think he didn't collaborate on a couple of the songs, but I, I wrote most of the lyrics. I think Rob helped me on a couple of the songs, so we kind of wrote them together. You know, when you go from Ten Commandments to Retribution, Retribution lyrically is a lot more uh, a pissed-off kind of record as far as the, uh, the lyrics are definitely um, a lot more extreme. It's pretty awesome. Uh, the Slaughter of Innocence, I think, really is a death metal anthem, really. <laughs> it's, uh... The artwork on that album really sticks in my head. I remember when I... I I've still got the long box CD that I bought it in. Yeah, that's that's great. Did, now, did you did you go back to Morris Sound to record uh, Retribution? Yeah, we did. Uh, I know. Uh, actually, Retribution we did. Scott Burns did it, but we did it down at Criteria Studios in Miami. Oh, okay. Wow. Scott Burns still engineered it, produced it, but we did. Um, we recorded that one down down in Miami. We were actually when we were recording our album, uh, Jimmy Page and David Coverdale were doing their album during the day, and then we were at their night doing our album. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> That was pretty cool. Yeah, you guys were there. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Damn. Uh, the touring for Retribution, you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, we try to remember that one. It was kind of, that was definitely a hazy tour. <laughs> 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 but uh, we kind of, I mean, we, that was the one we did that with, uh, what was that, Complete Control Tour, that was with Obituary, Agnostic Front, Camel Corpse, but that was a great tour. Jesus. But, I mean, uh, I think we did that. That was like 62 or something shows on that one. That was pretty much a whole summer run there. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, that was a great tour. That was an awesome tour. I mean, uh, we were, we were, I thought we were playing really good. I, all the bands were, but I thought that we were playing really good. We got along good with all the guys. And, I mean, such a gossip front. Me and Vinny got along really well. And then usually me and Frank, you know, Really great Frank Watkins and usually me and him would hang out every night and have some drinks and stuff and it's uh, awesome he, I, we go on first so I was just a little getting a little buzz a few beers but by the time Frank went on they went on last and he was feeling no pain but uh I definitely was shout like, out to Frank I go, me, you, I go, I go, you gotta go on and we're done I go let's drink and he's going out man he goes come on I, go, I gotta go on <laughs> but Europe, so I'm, I'm trying to remember. I don't even remember who we toured with for that. I'm sure I could remember if I see 
seen the poster would all come back to me, but... Right. <laughs> That's awesome. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was one of them tours where I, I don't think that there wasn't one day that we didn't drink a shitload of beer, like, every day. <laughs> we were powered by a beer. It was just, uh... But, I mean, you know, like I said, I think we were still only, like, 25 or something, 24, 25, and... Just, he just drank to drink for whatever, and he'd be good the next day. He drank it. The shows are all good, but it's you just uh, you know your liver doesn't die back then. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, so you guys get off all the touring for that, and you want to talk about the writing, and then uh, for uh, going into Stillborn. Yeah, Stillborn was just messed up. I mean, the writing was good, the songs were good. I liked all the songs. We all did, but we just went and recorded with this guy who was either work with Zappa and stuff, and it just didn't work. And we tried something new, and that we should have just went back with Burns. But I don't know, we kind of got pushed into that by uh, our manager and stuff. Where yeah, we'll try it on, and then, and then that was just kind of with the debacle. I mean, the songs are good, but we just don't like the way the sound came out. And that's why over. The last album, if we do another album or whatever happened, we're trying to kind of re-record and, you know, the, the Stillborn songs a couple here, a couple there, to kind of try to make that sound the way we wanted it to sound back then. So, like, the new album had a couple of the Stillborn songs on it, and, you know, we re-recorded those, and, I mean, redid everything on They're not remastered, but remixed, you actually re-recorded so Right. We'll try to, get, try to get the sound we wanted. So, uh, that album just kind of, like, the songs, are, the songs are awesome, but just the way the way it was produced and the way it, it came out was none of us were happy with that. And so we'll just, uh, you know, just keep trying. Like I said, we'll redo the songs when we get chances to redo a song or two here and there. I really like some of the songs on that album. I always have. I love the cover art too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, I, I like everything about the album except the way it got recorded. Right. Other than that, everything I like that. I love everything about it. Except just. just not like the way the sounds are the sound is it's not nothing like what we sound like and it's just the way it was recorded I mean it, it's just messed up so uh, if I was going to keep redoing a couple of just a couple songs here and there we'll, we'll re-record them and eventually we'll get the whole album done redone yeah it definitely sounds different not enough to where it didn't seem like malevolent creation you know but definitely wasn't the the sound of the first three albums we were packing but the the content was definitely fucking there, and it was awesome. So, uh, well, thanks a lot. That's why I still hopefully we'll get the whole song, the whole album re, 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 re-recorded at some point in the near future. Oh, that'd be amazing! Cool. Yeah, it's like I really there's some classic songs on there. I think. Yeah, well, that's what we got. We get a couple on the Dead Man's Path. We got a couple of the, a couple of Stillborn ones in there, and I like the way they came out. You know, redoing them like that. So nice. Just keep doing that. Keep rolling. Oh yeah, uh, touring for Stillborn. Yeah, I don't really. Uh, I don't really remember any of that because none of us were after the album. We were kind of like it was just. It was. I don't even. Re- I really don't even remember any of the tour. But to be honest with you, I don't remember. I couldn't tell you one show that I played in the city I played in. Oh wow. Okay. okay. I understand. I understand that. 
Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, and how do you come back and rejoin the band? Uh, I know Rob also uh, rejoined after that. Yeah, we uh, for uh, Fire and Murder. And, uh, Great record. And, and yeah, Rob came back. Yeah, that was cool. Incredible. We came back in there. and uh, Yeah, I like both those albums. Uh, those are like two of my favorite albums we, we, I think we've done. I mean, and Fine Art's probably, probably my favorite album of the level, so I like Fine Art too. I think that album's really killer. I love Fine Art, man. It's it's uh, a lot more intense. You're a lot faster on this record. It's uh, it's pretty great. It's like a guy yeah, on a bulldozer. Yeah, I like uh, <laughs> yeah, doing that album and stuff, and then, uh, you know, we did that one. And we did some tour for that, and there was some cool tour, you know, because I always like touring with Rob and stuff, and talk a little bit about how you came back in Awesome, and then uh, Fine Art of Murder and Envenomed. Where that? Where were they recorded at? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, Fine Art of Murder was recorded up up in uh, Milwaukee with uh, with Brian from uh, what the hell was the name of that band? Jeez, guess what? Thing that my brain's not so good about the pitch. Uh, Broken Home. It's from Broken Home, Brian. Uh, wow. Yeah, he he engineered it. Oh, nice. Which, 
Yeah, I'm not sure about the details. I don't, it's half the stuff, I don't even know, because I never make money on anything anyway, so I don't even care who does it what, because right. <laughs> everyone else makes money except me, so I, I go to work. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I sign things I've never seen before, and I'm in Europe signing albums, I don't even have a clue where they came from, or no idea who makes the money out of them, I just know it ain't me. <laughs> So in Venom's Out, did you y'all did some touring for it and everything, and then you leave again? Yeah, it was gone again, and actually I left there, and I, I had it with Florida. I had to get out of there and stuff, and uh, it just wasn't suiting me well down in Florida in general. And, and then uh, I think Rob Rob was gone. He left after that, and I think that's not too long after that he he went with Cannibal. Right. He got off of that neck, and I think he went with them, and then it just, uh, I don't know if things went a little string in between everybody, and so I just, I, I had to go for it anyways, and I moved back up to Buffalo, and, and uh, just started jamming out with some local guys up here, just kind of having fun playing music instead of, you know, being more like a business, and everyone sure. freaking yelling at each other about stupid shit, I just <laughs> wanted to play some music, and, There's nothing wrong and with that, just enjoy it, I just enjoy playing the music, and, uh, Right, exactly. So you talk about coming back and then Doomsday X. Yeah, well, that's not so common. It was a few years after. It was like 2000 and early 2006, I think. And uh, Kyle was kind of messing up in the band. I don't know, he didn't want to play shows or something like that. And, and uh, Phil called me up because they had, well, I had a chance to go tour with both of in Europe. And I was like, uh, well, all right, I'm sold because both of is like one of my favorite bands. So I go, well, okay, well, back in and see how I'll see how it goes but I wanted to go because it's both bolt and I'm like alright we're going to put a bolt throw around it and, oh, nice. uh, but it actually you know, it turned out really good we all got along good actually the thing we all got a little older and maybe maybe a little more a little more mature in a way or whatever where we are and I'll cry about stupid shit and stuff <laughs> and actually kind of just kicking back and enjoying you know enjoying the music and whatnot. and put a bolt throw was awesome and it was one of the best tours I've ever done so sure. you know, we decided all right, well, let's try to write an album and we'll see what happens and I do the next wasn't it wasn't breaking breaking any fresh ground but you know, I had some cool songs I had made fun recording it so and, it's so a good record I love, I love the artwork on that one too yeah it's a little funky I don't know <laughs> we did something <laughs> I'm trying to remember how that came about but uh, yeah, there was uh, someone else I think Goss had some new summer in it it wasn't bad, you know, kind of, kind of what we were looking for, but it's just kind of weird, but I don't know, it was, I like the album, actually, it's not a bad album. No, it's good. Yeah, it's just like, some things are like, yeah, oh, whatever, like I said, we were just kind of like getting back into the music and recording, you know, kind of everyone getting back together and, you know, feeling each other off for recording, so, mm. it wasn't what it was, and, uh, you know, the just opinion, I think, it would have turned out to be a lot, a lot better to do with AX. Let's talk about that. What the, the hiatus between Doomsday X and Insidious? Uh, well, I don't know. We just kind of we just did some touring, but I mean, it's just well, we were kind of living in different places then too. I mean, I was living up here. A couple of guys were living down there. I think one of the other dudes was living somewhere else. So, oh wow! So you know, everyone's doing their thing and stuff, and uh, so it's just kind of you know, we were just work on songs, and some guys would work on stuff, and then they would send me stuff up when they had a song, and I'd work on it. 
they were just kind of, it took a little longer than just going into the normal studio like we would bang them out and stuff too, because I'd do all my vocals up here in uh, Sherman Studios, so, you know, and then them guys would record down there, and so it's just kind of, you know, we go back a little bit more now, you know, internet stuff, and, and files, and file sharing, it's a lot easier to do that, but you still have to send them back and forth, and, do your thing, but right. then we wanted we, wrote, we, we wanted to take our time writing the new songs for for videos too. We wanted to kind of not rush those songs, kind of write them and take our time writing. I think it's the same thing between that dude and uh, Dead Man's Bath. We didn't want to rush write some songs. We wanted to you know, come up with some killer songs and, and and write some stuff instead of just trying to rush it just to put an album out. I saw you in Atlanta on the the Invidious Dominion tour. I love that record. Uh, Eric Rutan, love that you're using him. I think he's fucking yeah. the new Scott Burns. I think he's great. I, yeah, he's awesome. I get puzzled when people walk away from using him, other people that I listen to, so I'm so happy you all stuck with him because I, I, there's some other bands that I like that have walked away from him, and I think that was a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, well, I, we were talking about going and doing, some, doing it back with him again, and then, I don't know, Phil had some ideas about doing guitars, down there, and I was like, well, I'm up here, and I got the guy that does my vocals, and he was doing, we did a demo for the new, for Dead Man's, we did a demo, and I did my vocals up here, and everything came out fantastic with it, so we were like, well, you know, instead of spending all this money for me to go down there, and then I got to, then I got to hurry up and record my stuff in a few days, and get it all done, and then, so I can get out there and get back up here, and, you know, get back to work here, my job is up. Uh, the studio that I record at is about three miles from my house. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, if I'm like, I'm not feeling it one day, that, fuck it, come back tomorrow if I get sick or if I'm, I got a job that's running late and there's like, I'm, there's no, I'm in no mood to go and scream freaking vocals right now because I just work for 10 hours. Right. So it's like, you know, I can, and then them guys weren't rushing me because they would do a song and so to me I'd work out while they're working to record other guitars. And they, you know, I didn't have to wait for them to get their guitars all recorded and done before I start doing vocals. You know I mean, they can send me a, a song or two, um, you know, the files for it, and I can start working out in this real field while they're still recording guitars on there. And then, you know, I mean, it just kind of worked out that way. So it's not, it was no slight out of because I think he's awesome. Right. But, you know, it's, it's just a way that it works best for what we had to deal with. And then, you know, and our, our guitar, other guitar players over here in New York City and stuff, and... You know, it's kind of hard to get everyone. Everyone's got their jobs, and everyone's got their thing. And, you know, this, when I'm Metallica, you don't get it. We're not getting a budget of 500000 or a million dollars, you know what I mean? Right, uh, exactly. I mean, I think the record turned out great. I, I had no idea about the vocals. I thought Eric did all of that. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was doing it. Yeah, I did my vocals with Rutan. I did it. No, no, we banged that stuff out, and he was like, he was, he was like damn, dude, he knocked that shit out. I'm like, well, I don't. You're driving me to it, you know, I worked really, worked really good. The thing you really reminded me of is working with the Scott Burns, you know what I mean? Just yeah, that's what I tell people. I mean, that's who he reminds me of. That's, I mean, not to get into this, but I think, you know, some of these bands that have that have walked away from him, I've even told certain bands that I know, it's like that they're walking away from him. It's like, what were you thinking? It's like, you know, I think he's awesome. I I hope you all continue to use him. I think he fucking kicks ass. I love Eric. I think... Yeah, if we do, you know, for whatever happens with the next album, I mean, if we could do something with him, I, I would love to do it. It's just... The way the last album went, with the way with the timing and everything, and the way that you know, you know, geographically how everything's set up, it's just like uh, we kind of got 
you know, we kind of got to go, kind of got to go with what we got to go with here, and, but still not try to sacrifice any of your sounds. You know, I mean, it's just kind of the way yeah. it, it went. I think it came out great, so I'd love to do well. Oh, so it's great! Guys, it's a great you know, album. Got mixed over in sweet over Sweden with uh, I can't get it is. I remember the guy that freaking engineer us from. 1999 when the camera would do that mixed mixed the last album but uh <laughs> yeah it was kind of we were in a little bit of a problem with the mixing and stuff up here which some that format and all that the format and whatnot shit like stupid shit like that like ah here we go but uh so Eric Eric didn't do the Dead Man's Path or he just did some of it or no he didn't do any of Dead Man's Path okay so Okay, gotcha. So the new album was just done all over the place then? Yeah, basically it was. I mean, uh, yeah. Look on the back of the album or wherever it is in there, and you'll see about three different studios actually with the mixing. <laughs> so. That's wild. It, it's a great album. It sounds good. Yeah, you know, well, that's, a, that's, the, that's the magic of having internet and file sharing and stuff. You, know, you, can, you, can, you can do stuff like that and as long as everyone's got their formats set the right way. So it was mixed you know, and mastered. You don't really know. It's just got all that expected pieces in there. As long as everyone's together on the mix and the right formats for what you're going to do, then you can do it. I'm not, I'm not a biggest fan of that, but, you know, if it, if, it, if it has to be, you can do it. You know what I mean? Did you do all the lyrics on Dead Man's Path? Uh, yeah, I did all those lyrics. Awesome. I love that. I love that. I think... You know, Brad, I think you're the last classic death metal band that still has a singer that does the damn lyrics, I swear. <laughs> yeah, I try. I mean, I think it seems to be getting off easy while I'm doing the singing, so I like to, I've always liked to write lyrics, and uh, you know, I've always liked to do that. I always writing, and I like to arrange them in there, and it kind of comes, it kind of comes naturally or whatever. It's not, not easy, but it kind of just flows, flows naturally to arrange them and stuff and write them, and... I It's amazing that you do that. I, I'm serious. I think you're one of the last ones that does that. I don't. I don't know of anybody else that does. It's usually someone else in the band that it writes it. Stands right up there at the rest of the classics. You know, this is just another classic, malevolent album to come out. It's one of my favorite albums of last year. And, uh, oh, well, thank you very much, man. God thank damn. You. And who did the artwork for that one? I actually really love the artwork for that too. Oh, uh, uh, my buddy. Okay. <laughs> You're good, bro. And I, and I, it's cool. And I had to argue with the, I had to argue with the client at the end of the day, so that uh, oh, didn't fine. really didn't really go over good with me. Um, <laughs> okay, yes, German with Taurus. Okay. Um, it's like German, like Germany, and then it's uh, with Taurus, L A T O R E S. He's a amazing tattoo artist, and he works in, he works out of Chile and uh, what is he like Norway? He's like either. It's like the two odd ends of the opposite ends of the earth, but yeah, he does. Uh, I see his, I see his uh, artwork, his tattoo work, uh, probably about a year and a half or so, or maybe a couple of years ago. I was like, holy, you know, the tattoo work is just phenomenal, you know, what he does. I can imagine. I was like, man, I kind of got a hold of him, and I was trying to hopefully set up maybe some ink if I got on tour with him, and I kind of started talking about maybe if he could come up with something for an album cover, you know, if he was interested in trying something. And, 
he was like, oh, oh yeah, he's a, you know, he's a big fan of the band and stuff. And then uh, he came up with some, you know, sort of went back and forth with some concepts and stuff. And then he's just, you know, he came up with the idea that we were looking for and we had him change a few things. Of course, maybe we got to change here and there. And, but uh, I think he did a freaking awesome job on it. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, the doctor actually bought that for me for Christmas, and it came with a patch. Had me super excited. That I yeah, know. I got it for him for Christmas last year. <laughs> Artwork makes the music in that record like that much better. I mean, it's yeah, it's like it's weird. It's, it's not going to make or break it out, but it kind of does. It kind of does set a mood for it. Sure, sure. So, I mean, you can't have, like, you know, if, you, if your band's off, you put stick figures on it, it's still going to sound awesome, <laughs> but it's not really right. that mood for it, you know? It'll catch your eye, like, if, you, if you're a new fan of Malevolent Creation, you go and look back at all the, the covers and stuff, and you see Dead Man's Path, and that's their newest one, you're going to be like, God damn, this is probably going to be a really sick record, and then, you know, not say none of your other ones have, but that one really stands out, I think, as far as newer releases of death metal. That record, yeah, I think... Like, uh, Did you do a Soul Razor? Is that one of the songs you bring out? Uh, no, but we're, that's the one we were thinking about doing. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's trying to pick up and try to get everyone to agree on what they, you know, they want to do to go. You know, that song's nasty. Well, I want to do that one. Well, I want to do this one. You got like, <laughs> three people that want to do the one, but two want to do a different one, so you're trying to make. <laughs> right. As long as everyone doesn't want to play some songs, I guess that's a good thing, but then you got to kind of compromise and get everyone to agree on four or five songs. Right. It's a it's a great record. It was definitely both of our pick last year for the best album last year that came out because we still buy CDs and vinyl and shit. So. Wow, thanks a lot. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, man, we don't we don't do the download thing. It's cool if people want to do that. We'd rather have the physical copy. It's yeah, you get know. the patch with it. I mean, you guys threw an extra shit. It's cool. I mean, it's like yeah, having the artwork. Or the patch or something. I, I actually I had to go buy the album myself. I had to go buy the CD myself. <laughs> I still never got one from the label. Still never got a vinyl. I never. The only album I have, the only album I have is Dead Man's Dead. Is the one I had to go buy in downtown Buffalo. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, shit, if we see you, we'll get you a copy of it. What's that? I said, if we see you soon, we'll get you. A we'll copy get you the of vinyl of it if you <laughs> need it. Here's your band's <laughs> record, man. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. I've been trying to get the vinyl since then. like you know I was on this right <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> but uh so I can get it so I won't me and a good buddy of mine what, he bought one and I bought one and he's laughing at you you gotta buy your own album I don't look at me that's <laughs> great <laughs> oh lord we'll have to get you the vinyl if you want it yeah I'd like to I mean you know, I actually only have out of all the albums we have I only have uh three and a half albums oh no three and a half <laughs> That's all I got about it. I have none of the original 
stuff. I have I have retribution. I have the cover. I just have the, the CD cover for it, but no no CD and not even in plastic. They just had the Caboose cover laying around. Wow. And I have uh, the new one, and I have the Venom, and uh, and so then I have like one of the one of the um one of like the double things that everybody put out. Oh, and like I have one of the best ofs that I've never seen a play from that that our, our old label put out a best of. I got one of those, and I, I think it's buried in a, in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> there you go. It's the only album, the only album that I have of my, of my own band. <laughs> when I go to Europe, I, t- I look for my own vinyl and stuff. I try to find it, but it's, it's hard to find those vinyls and stuff. But yeah, I, yeah. That's my new thing. Only that's my new thing in Europe. Is I look, I try to buy my own albums. In Europe, it's probably. <laughs> Easier to find there, I guess. Yeah, it's not even that's not like it's you know, it's not like being uh, whatever. It's I'm actually trying to buy them but I don't own them and I'm trying you know, it's not like oh look at me, I'm going to buy my own album, I'm cool with like, I'm going, I don't even have them, I'm just trying to buy them so I have a copy for myself. <laughs> that's great. <gross. laughs> but whatever. One day one day I'll have a one day I'll have my complete set. <laughs> the whole catalog. <laughs> yeah, some someday. Wow, well, you're almost approaching 30 years. I mean, for this band, it's pretty insane. Do um, you have anything planned for that, or uh, you know, what's the future? Uh, I, I don't know yet. I, I don't know. We talked. We already had talked about doing a, uh, you know, reunion, not reunion, but like a anniversary tour for for uh, Ten Commandments. But that never really came about. We did it. We kind of added more of those songs in than normal. But I don't know. Maybe. Maybe something will happen for the retribution. Maybe we'll do something with that for a anniversary kind of tour for when that album comes out. Hell yeah. or, I mean, when that time comes up again for. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes and stuff. I and mean, you know, who knows if the freaking I'll still be alive. You never know. But uh, <laughs> right. yeah, first I'm getting. I'll be getting my AARP card soon. <laughs> oh Lord, that's. Do you have any uh, stuff? You know, do you have any stuff written that you've written since Dead Man's Path that you have kind of, you know, maybe lyrics or anything like that that you've, uh... Well, I always got a shitload of lyrics. I just, I write stuff down. I got a folder of stuff, and I, you know, I don't really write a song per se. I just kind of get on a topic and write it down, and yeah. just have pockets full of papers and stuff. And then when, uh, then when I like to get the music when it will send me, it will send me some files or something of the new songs. And I kind of, you know, I get the, get the feel for the song and the groove for it, and I can start, you know, then I kind of get a feel for what's, you know, grab some lyrics I got and read through them all and what, what packets of lyrics I got going on, and then I kind of get a groove through where I'm going to go with it. Right. And then, you know, other than that, I just kind of just keep writing, writing, and writing, and then, I, you know, then I wait to get my groove and tempo and wait for the song to kind of pick the, you know, the lyrics or vice versa when I hear the music. Sure. You know, so I just get a big, I just kind of, Big folders full of lyrics, so I just keep adding to it. It can never happen enough. And sometimes I hear a song and get a whole different, go a different way with a different kind of inspiration for it and write something fresh I want to do. But no, it's just like to have a, a full of lyrics ready to go you know, at the drop of a top of a hat. Oh, yeah. And the guys like send you any stuff of theirs they're working on? or? Usually, uh, uh, someone give me a warning when he's got some new stuff he's coming out, you know, he's working on and stuff. And then I'm like, well, you know, he. You know, then he usually will send me up a, send me a file or, you know, burn a CD for me. We still do some old school like that, and then mail me up a CD or something. And we do a lot more with the files now. But I still, I, I put it on a CD. It's a lot easier for me than fuck around with a stupid laptop. <laughs> sure. But, uh, 
chainsaw for Albert and just giving me an idea or something. So. Right. Well, we haven't really been getting nothing going for that. We're still trying to get all management squared away, and we're trying to get several book agencies and trying to get all that shit squared away. And it was kind of a pain in the ass of stuff. So we're trying to get that squared away and see what's going on to play some shows and stuff here and there. And we're going to just wait and get that sorted out when that sorted out. Phil's been working on it. He's always writing on the writing tools. You know, he was writing to send me something well, and like I said, I'm always writing on the lyrics. So it won't take long, but you know, we turn turn that page and then we'll start working on it out, and then we'll gear up and we'll go right into that. That's awesome. The, oh, sh- yeah. the machine and the wheels keep turning. <laughs> That's what it is, man. It's all, it's all you can do. It's freaking good. Just pound down a few vodka drinks and just freaking turn on the tools and start writing lyrics and arranging the lyrics I got. And, See what, it, see what it looks like the next day when I'm normal, and then, uh, then, I, then I kind of smooth it out a little bit. That's awesome, Brett. Well, Brett, thank you so much for doing this. We were happy to have you. You're a legend. It's I can't it's believe we got awesome. you on here. No, oh, man, well, hey, man. Thanks, thanks for having me on again. Sorry it took such a long time, but y'all, I'm happy if we can get together on this. And, you know, it was, it was a good time. It was fun to have a talk with you guys. Dubbing suit from Phantasm. Herbert West is not just your ordinary doctor. Others dare not dream what we are about to do. He intends to make medical history. This is no longer about just reanimating the dead. With the help of Daniel Kane. It's never gonna work. It's gonna be uncontrollably spastic. And a few select friends. West took my body, but he cannot take my mind. He's about to bring his dream to life. God created woman. Someone old. What's dead is dead. Someone new. It is some kind of joke, right, man? How dare you judge my work? Someone borrowed. Who is she? Someone blue. This morbid doodling with human body parts. Is this what it's all about? Something so shocking, it must be true. There is my... Take a note of it, Dan! Reject! Daniel! You're coming! You made me! I made you! Forget it, Dan. She's just an assembly of dead tissue. H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator 2. Are we having fun yet? <laughs> Do you believe a thing can be inherently evil? The Marston House, for instance. How do you like that old house? Needs work. But we have time. Open the window. He commands it. Quiet little town of Salem's Lot. Oh, it's only all just happened since. Since I came here. Well, well. Tried to rape me. The vampires are creating vampires. Hey. 
thing is moving. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Bill, Bill! Where are you, Benny, darling? Mr. Barlow is on a buying trip, but the moment he arrives, he'll enjoy Mr. Barlow. And he'll enjoy you. <laughs> Welcome to Creepshow 2. Stephen King. Hey, what is it? And George Romero. I've never seen nothing like that before. Are at it again. Creepshow 2. Rated R. We'll be seeing you. Starts tomorrow. Check local newspaper for show times. The night of the formal is finally here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, on you. Inside you. And get in through your mouth and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. They are a new breed of terror. Freak! They are a different kind of horror. Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies. We could have a little problem. The creeps are taking over. Good news and bad news, girl. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. You have never had a night like this. Night of the creeps. If you scream, you're dead. Can you fight the fear? Stand to the suspense. Can you take the terror of Witchboard? Witchboard, rated R. Twentieth Century Fox invites you to join the boys and girls of Sigma Phi for their annual New Year's Eve party. This year is a masquerade on wheels, and the person behind you could be your best friend or the last person you see on Earth. Experience the most terrifying ride of your life on the Terror Train, rated R. Starts October 3rd at a selected theater near you.